All right. Welcome to the Silicon Sasquatch Podcast. Thank you, Tyler. It's good to be back, back home where we belong. Uh, After we what, got like the a whole month hiatus. Uh, it was a while, but we're back, and that's what counts, right? Um, we got the whole crew with us today. Uh, that would be Doug Bonham, right here. Aaron Thayer, hola. Tyler Martin, you know my voice. And Spencer, quote Oz K. Flodrowski, quote Tordoff. Sure, yeah, we can go with that. <laughs> the artist formerly known as. We all get call signs now, or is it just him? Is he special? I d- I, I don't know. Yeah, what I are d- our call signs? I use both. The Skype list says Oz K. Flodrowski, which well, I. Sure. I mean, maybe once you emigrated, you changed it to Spencer. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted something that sounded less Alaskan, so... <laughs> oh, you're Inuit? Switched it. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, I, Inuit I, yeah. damn near killed him. Hi-oh. <laughs> we need to do some culture sensitivity training, don't we? No, we don't. Not at this Absolutely point, no. Not. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, let's just move along. Uh, as kind of a reunion episode of sorts, we're going to just sort of be talking about what happened in the last few months, uh, talking about uh, the infamous quarter four of 2009, all the massive releases that came out and our kind of uh, experience wading through the financial devastation that comes with it. Um, we will focus in particular on uh, this week's recent release, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and the... Uh, boycott controversy that surrounded that, which we touched on briefly a while back, and uh, we'll also talk about what we're looking forward to in quarter one of 2010, which promises to uh, devastate our wallets like never before. Because half of it was originally supposed to come out this quarter. Uh, yeah. But then oh, yeah. Modern Warfare 2 happened, and Uncharted 2 happened, and, uh, well, yeah, let's let's start uh, talking about what happened. Um, who's got some... A game they want to talk Spencer about. Spencer hates Modern Warfare. Well, if we want to, talk, if we want to start off with uh, Q4, we might as well start off with ODST, which was the first major release of the holiday season. That's true. Um, yeah, ODST. Um, well, how many of us have put time into it? I know I have. I beat it once. I've beat it. Played it on Legendary. Done Firefight. Okay, you definitely beat it. Got my ass <laughs> handed to me in multiplayer by ten-year-old girls. Or boys, I don't know, I can't really tell. Prepubescent youths. Yeah, I, I'm the, I think I'm the only one who hasn't really put any time into it, although I don't know if uh, Spencer can speak to that as well. Well, I haven't really managed to scrape the money together for it. I'm, I don't know, I'm super poor right now. So I've been playing Halo 3 on Legendary and pretending that it's ODST. <laughs> it pretty much is. <laughs> so, so you're just play, playing it on Legendary and then having like your laptop or computer just playing that ODST ad on loop? Or, or better yet, it could just I could just have uh, you know episodes of Firefly playing on the laptop, and I'm getting the same experience. Well, yeah, yeah. you can pretend that's the, the comms chatter. Why bother getting Modern Warfare Two when you can just play Call uh, Call of Duty Four and just pretend it's the same thing? <laughs> Look, don't don't rub this in, man. I or am having a when Mario Galaxy hey. Two comes out, you can play Super Mario Brothers, and it's basically why do you the ever need thing? other sports guys, to play guys, last year's and pretend? Be sympathetic to the man. He's he's not only is he an expat from Alaska, that makes him a minority <laughs> here. So we need to be a little bit more sympathetic. Um, uh, you agree, right? I, I was going to say, I mean, I'm, 
I'm a PC gamer from Alaska. That's okay, that's even worse. about as minor as it could get. I if I was actually so an Alaskan native, maybe we could take it a step further. But you're like the Sammy Davis Jr. of gaming. A minority <laughs> Basically, of a minority. yes, yes, but, but less less classy. I enjoyed oh. ODST, if that counts for anything. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about ODST since we brought it up. Um, Instead of just going off on Oz. I feel like, um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure most of you agree with me, that it got kind of a bad rap, and the Metacritic scores kind of reflect that, that it wasn't as good of a value as Halo 3. Because you, you weren't getting a number of reasons. You know, the campaign was shorter, uh, it, it literally recycled Halo 3's multiplayer, which was a nice added feature, I thought. With the map and, packs. With all the map packs, yeah. And um, I guess, you know, Firefight is a great addition, but it doesn't really quite have the robustness of all the, the new features that came with Halo 3. It's a and pretty bare-bones uh, mode. As fun as it is, yeah. I think it, they could have done a lot more with it, especially since the game was supposedly finished months ago. I will admit yeah. that I have barely played it in the last month, but while I was playing it, I thought it was a fantastic game, and to me, way better than Halo 3. I was, I thought Halo 3 was great, but I think ODST, as far as style and uh, character, just everything about yeah. it really affected me a lot more than Halo 3 did, which was more of the same. Well, if we're going to talk about the campaign, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, I've I, I played every Halo game several times through, and I think this one had by far the, the tightest, best-paced, and, uh, you know, best, uh, I guess, acted campaign of any Halo. It was just a, a great experience start to finish. I... I, I haven't played the game, and I haven't seen any of how the story is presented actually for myself, so it's kind of maybe backwards for me to say all this, but it sounds as though from what people have, have claimed and what you guys have told me about the storytelling in the game, that it, it seems like they wrote themselves into a certain area with Halo 2 and Halo 3 following Halo 1, and this provides them, you know, you can take this universe and take these kind of people we've created as ancillary and then create something really, really good with it. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to include, you know, they don't have to hit certain points that they would have to if it was a mainline Halo game. So they don't have to include Cortana. They don't have to have the Master Chief. They don't have to have Sergeant Johnson in there for shits and giggles. They they don't have to do any of those things, and so are a bit more free. That's I think true. if anything, that's proven false though. Like even though ODST had an interesting story, really? that was largely due to the characters and not so much the Halo ness of it. There wasn't anything really fantastic. Reveals about the Covenant or about the the Marine Troopers or anything. It was just, it was it was nice because I had great voice acting and it was, you gave a crap about the characters. Well, I mean, it definitely felt like a Halo game, but it felt so fresh that it felt almost like you're playing Halo One again. That kind of new feeling of you're not invested in the whole um, mythology and all the crap that you've had to go through one to three, but it still had the Halo mechanics. It still worked better because. Despite how I'm talking you might about the, the story as it pertains, like the the Halo canon. Yeah, there, uh, there was but nothing still... really story wise, like the Halo of it that was that fascinating. Every, especially since well, it like, added a new race a new of aliens game. and it talked about New Mombasa, so that's well, kind think, of adding to it. What really made it stand out in the Halo universe for me was the fact that it was the first story told with uh, a human vantage point. That at the forefront. And I know Master Chief is a dude, but he's a Spartan, which is, you know, you never see his face. You never really connect with him. He has maybe five or six lines of dialogue per game. And, uh, it, you know, you don't really, you know, that has a different kind of immersion than... The rookie never speaks. Ever. 
You, yeah, but you play as many different people in ODST. Yeah, the cutscenes were interesting, but the actual like overworld, especially with the whole uh, visor, they had a very yeah. kind of Batman-esque mechanic where you pretty much had that visor up all the time. Yeah. And it was actually a little bit worse because they actually punished you for using the visor because enemies could see you farther away if you had it on. Really? Yeah. I never did that. Hmm. It definitely felt like you were playing a camera more, but that's the rookie, that's his role. Yeah, that was that was kind of like the, uh, I don't know what you'd call that. It was definitely, I don't know, the noir elements to it made all the characters more interesting and the weird kind of jazz solos and piano keys. That soundtrack is epic, it's easily my favorite of the, yeah. the Halo soundtrack. You could have you, you put that over a, a remaster of Blade Runner <laughs> and nobody would have noticed. Like, like I said, I think Tyler mentioned to me when he was playing the game about they, they just basically rip off the love theme from Blade Runner with that sax. I'm like, oh man, I want to play this 100% more now after hearing that. <laughs> or you could play the Blade Runner game. That if there is a Blade Runner remake, it has to have Nathan Fillion. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a really good decker, not gonna lie. So curiosity, and we kind of glossed over it a little bit earlier. I remember when it was announced, Bungie was kind of saying, "Well, yeah, we want to do. Um, so we're doing this ODST thing, and we don't want to be charging retail for it." Mm-hmm. They they kind of said that. They said it's going to be a smaller campaign. It's going to have less content, and we want to. Whoops maybe do a $40 price point. So did that just get jacked right to hell? I think, like yeah, I think Microsoft heard that at the press conference and said, what the fuck are you Say talking what? about? Say what? Well, imagine, yeah. I mean, like, imagine what it must be like to work with Valve for them if if Bungie's that, like, you know, oh, yeah, we'll sell for 40 bucks or so. No. And Valve's like, yeah, we want to give away updates to TF2 for free forever. And... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and Microsoft standing in the back with the pimp coat and pimp hat going, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, uh, nothing, no. up, nothing up front for free, honey. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised um, if we the, the green is for the, the green is for the money, the gold is for the honey. You ain't got none of this. Don't, no. Just, you're not setting the price point on that. We're adding more content in and selling it for $60 because it prints fucking money like we're Nintendo. <laughs> can we set a rule that Doug can never do his pimp voice ever again in this podcast? Second. I feel perfectly fine doing that because I've already dropped that. <laughs> Unless he wears a coat and a hat, even if we can't see it. Well, if that's the case, we'll do a video podcast, and that'll be a whole other endeavor. A vodcast. Now, to to not spend too much time on one game, let's talk about another game I haven't had the chance to play yet, and that would be Batman Arkham Asylum, because that came out roughly afterwards. It came out before, and yeah, there was video playing wasn't it? it? It was August. Never mind. And you are so, so, so unfortunate. It's still the Dark Horse candidate for Game of the Year, I think. I think it's still in the running, even in my from my point of view. I have to go back to it. It is more Assassin's Creed than Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I think it's that's the fair. best stealth game I've ever played. So you mean it does one thing really, really fun, and you have to do it for twenty hours? It does many things very well. It does many things really well. It's it's just a a mm-hmm. really well rounded game. I mean, there's only the really the two types of combat. At any given time, there's the the flat out brawl and there's the stealth. Both of them are done really well, and they're both a lot of fun. And it just it feels really good. I mean, it's I never yeah. really got frustrated with it. I got frustrated with my own inability to find things in the environment. But the the combat, you know, the kind of core mechanics, they all felt great. Oh, I, and then I, the vo- 
Oh, I know. I was, I was just making a little bit of fun of Assassin's Creed there. And trust oh, me, I, yeah. after playing the demo, I could not get enough of that drop down from, from up above. Death God, best move. move. <laughs> what I thought was remarkable was with the amount of backtracking that game makes you, you do, I never got tired of Arkham. The, the environments were always interesting. It's always fairly easy to traverse. Even at the end when you're going around finding all the, the Riddler clues and everything, it wasn't ever a chore. I think yeah. that's kind of indicative of um, just the overall impression I got from the game, which is that, you know, this isn't a game that they just designed some levels and got the characters and, you know, built a great common engine around, but they really thought at every step of the way, how is the pacing working? Does this, you know, are there enough things to do? Um, it, it's, a ve- it's a remarkably well-paced game, especially when you consider that it's, you know, there's lots of room for exploration and everything. And you really can't understate the actual gameplay mechanics of it. Even Rocksteady knew that they had something on their hands. You can see with the challenge rooms, where there's an entire mode out of the context of the story where you're just either fighting guys or picking them off one by one. And those are a lot of fun. Well, yeah, the mechanics work so well, they knew they could highlight them in these little side mission type things. Though, I have to admit, the combat ones were frustrating as hell. Yeah, yeah, it definitely gets to be a, a huge chore at the end, trying to string together these endless combos. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll never complete those. I, I can probably get a bronze, but that's it. During the game, uh, I might have argued that a lot of the upgrades are pretty pointless and most likely will never be used, but during some of the challenge rooms, as far as the stealth ones go, you actually do find yourself using his yeah. entire arsenal. Yeah. Well, it's definitely easy to play, but hard to master, and that's what they were going with. It seems kind of basic, actually, at first, but yeah, when you get those extra upgrades and even being able to uh, um, grapple three enemies at once, the little things you add to your routine when you're fighting, it gets to be really impressive once you string it all together. I'm going to throw something out here, and uh, I want to see if you guys agree. Um, Of all the new IPs to launch this fall, I think Batman... Arkham Asylum is the one that most deserves a sequel. Can yes. you call Batman Dragon a, Age. a new IP? <laughs> well, as far as a Batman game that doesn't suck, I think that's a new IP. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's obviously a 60, 70 year old character. But. It's just as much a reboot as um, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were for the movie series. You, so it's you kind think of rebooting it's, it, the character. As but. far as the story goes, it's not really much of a re- reboot at all. If anything, it feels like an extension. Oh of the yeah, it's a series. continuation of yeah that, and then the comics itself. So okay, I'm just there's speaking. A, there's purely. a lot of stuff in terms of characters and what's happened so far in the Batman universe that you're just supposed to assume. But yes, Nick, it deserves a sequel. It even hints at it a lot in the game, and oh, yeah. I think and that at the ending, mm-hmm. especially with the the multiple endings, did you guys catch on what? that? Are you talking about who grabs the crate at the end? Yeah, it's it's random oh. at the end. Yeah, who that's grabs the, the missing crate of uh, stuff. Titan. I didn't know that. I just assumed it was the person who grabbed it in my ending. No, it was, yeah. it was either Bane, Scarecrow, or the Croc. Or oh. no one could grab it at all. It would just be floating there. Interesting. Nice. That's a cool um, touch. I didn't know that. But yeah, you well, hear Two-Face's name over the car radio in the cop car, and it a sequel could just start off guns proverbially bro- proverbially blazing since Batman doesn't shoot anyone, but it, you mm-hmm. could just jump in there right away in a sequel. And there were tons of, of the uh, rogues gallery that weren't in the game, so there's a lot of ground to cover. Well, what I really find myself wondering, though, and I mean, it was a phenomenal game, and 
absolutely incredible. The voice acting in particular I wanted to touch on, because, yeah. I mean, using the animated series voices mm-hmm. just made it perfect. It was perfect, especially for our generation, yeah. where we grew up with the cartoon, and now we're playing this game, which is definitely more mature-oriented, but it's still got that kind of continuity. It also sounds the, like uh, the, animated the series. cartoon series is a really, really good touchstone to use for voice acting and stuff, because it's actually good. Yeah. It is a good excellent. touchstone for everything, for scripting, for animation, for art style, voice acting in particular, though, yeah. The irony is that Kevin Conroy was one of the most phoned-in voices in that game. Really? I, I thought, thought he did so. a good job. I thought he did an excellent job, especially at the end with the Joker bad. fight. If you watch some of the old animated series episodes, it's not like his voice acting is perfect, either. It's just a lot of it is nostalgia. He, d- he is a great Batman, but... I thought he did fine in the game, but... But compared to Mark Hamill, he's not nearly as, as diverse of an actor. That's, that's well, that's, that's a steep comparison, really, exactly. for anybody. I mean, Mark Hamill as the Joker is just flawless. Uh, it, it is. He's awesome as the Joker. Mm-hmm. He just so perfectly um, embodies that character. and he, he does such a great job of invoking that personality and bringing that character to life. It's just stunning because, you know, he, he has such a great grasp on it that from the beginning you even just start to identify with that voice so well. And even though you hear him speak for probably hours throughout the game by the end, he always feels totally in command of that character. It never feels like there's not a single bad line delivered. It, it's pretty Im- impressive. Definitely. Uh, what I was going to mention, though... Um with uh, regard to the dis- the sequel discussion, um, what made Arkham Asylum so good, at least in part, was the Asylum itself. And so, when you're discussing a, a, a sequel, you've got to consider where are they going to place it? I mean, wh- where is it going to be set? Because if you're setting it in Gotham as a whole, then you introduce the whole city exploration thing, and that's really not what this game was about. It was about having a beautiful crafted just environment to run around in and that I mean, that was part of what made it so I, I, I'm just not sure where a, a sequel would go I suppose. so much of the tone of the story was surrounded the fact that Batman was trapped on this island with all these guys that he had put away Yeah, it was in a very claustrophobic and very overwhelming vibe knowing that you couldn't escape I think if, even if it was set in Gotham it doesn't have to be an open city it might seem kind of limiting, but they could still do certain areas that you go to. It doesn't have to be a free-roaming GTA-type thing, but you're There's right. There's definitely, definitely iconic uh, Batman landmarks they could move it to. Yeah. And it all has that sort of uh, almost Bioshock-ish art style, the Art Deco of Gotham that mm-hmm. is involved in all the different variations of Gotham we've seen regardless of time period. Yeah, I think it's actually... Um, it could be a, a strong point for the sequel if they really capitalize on what Arkham Asylum didn't do, and that was the fact that that you know you only saw snippets of Gotham City, and you know Gotham City can be considered you know pretty much almost like a character in the Batman mm-hmm. universe because it's such you know such an iconic setting. And uh, uh, two things without going off of, on too much of a tangent. One, I might be insane, but I think I've heard rumor that there would be a sequel set kind of like Arkham Asylum style, where it's in one place, and that would be Wayne Corps. And the other thing is, I think limiting to a certain area, even if it's really big like an asylum, kind of makes people go, okay, we, we were within this one area. Instead of 
providing providing an open GTA style thing where you where you go to its limits and see what doesn't have. It's kind of a, a canny, uncanny valley for for a setting. If they put it yeah. all in Wayne Tower, it can be like Die Hard. <laughs> that would be awesome. What's Alan Rickman doing? I thought it'd be interesting if it was actually in Wayne Manor, and you had to yeah. have strike this dichotomy where there were certain areas you could only appear as Bruce Wayne, just to establish the fact that he was still present and wasn't constantly disappearing as Batman. Well, that's what I'm thinking. If a sequel were to happen, they would have yeah, Wayne Tower, um, any of the other landmarks, Wayne Manor, and obviously, I don't think. Wayne Tower is even big enough to do an entire game in, or interesting enough, but having sections of the game that you would go to, and yeah, you could be Bruce Wayne in the manor for doing whatever, and change into Batman, and kind of expand on all the elements of his character and his world. What about, um, it would definitely make for a different kind of game, but one thing I think, um, and this is kind of to transition that Uncharted 2 did really well was that it broke the game very cleanly up into different acts where you had different settings for each and while that meant you couldn't go back and collect things at the end of the game um, without just jumping back to a specific section of the game um, I think it really um, showed how strong a game can be made just based on the diversity of setting Sounds like someone just rocked a segue I'm trying to learn from (laughs) the best so not Garnet Lee? Yeah, I'm trying to do what he wouldn't. <laughs> Actually, he had some pretty good transitions there. They were just very hokey, and Shane always pointed them out. So, Anyways. Yep. Uncharted 2 definitely did a great job of moving locations without ever making you feel like there was a definitive break in the storyline. You never really lost momentum with Uncharted when you were transitioning from place to place. We'll let the people with PlayStation 3s talk now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I are people who have the game. Either or. Yeah. Is it just Nick and I? Yeah. Why didn't you don't want you don't want it? Oh, I remember we talked about this. I I want it. Oh. I can't afford shit. It's right because now. it doesn't have dedicated servers. You're right. There's no dedicated <laughs> servers, and I just immediately went, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Your PS3 game isn't moddable. Well. Hey, UT3 had mods on PS3. That is true. I, I give them credit for that. Well, well, we'll make it brief, even though Uncharted is one of the major goatee contenders for the Please year right now. don't call it goatee. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like goatee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, G-O-T-Y! Because you should refer it. to it like that. Well, okay, it's one this of the years games that we'll never receive a Game of the Year edition sometime <laughs> next year. Oh, man, I'm just imagining, like, if... if uh, Blood on the Sand got rated Game of the Year. How oh, they would I'm advertise sure it. by Source Magazine what? or something. Yo, 50. <laughs> Yo, 50. The, the Yo, 50 edition. The, the 50 Goaty. It'd be really confusing and call it the 50 Cent Blood in the Sand Bulletproof edition. They're going to do a remake Tyler. of Bulletproof. 50 Cent Blood on the Sand Crystal Skull edition. <laughs> there you go. Nick the Fridge. Okay, let's talk about Uncharted. You have five minutes. Okay. Um, <laughs> we have five minutes to sell them on why this game is worth the hype. I know Aaron has played through Uncharted, or at least most of it. The first the, one, the, yeah. The chief complaint, I think, is a rather obvious one. that The game is essentially on rails for the entire duration, which is completely true. If you are not... Yes, the there are many train sequences. It is like... Oh. It's almost the exact opposite <laughs> of Far Cry 2. You are on a set path the entire game... 
everything you can do is very strictly set out, and you're just going on that adventure. But it, it's extremely entertaining. The story, the events that happen in the game, even if you do not have direct control over it, it is extremely fun for the time that you are playing it. I would agree. I think that where it does have replayability is in the combat, which is uh, pretty significantly improved from the first one, and uh, substantial enough to really warrant going through again, playing with different favorite weapons, and trying different... Almost know, everyone strategies. actually dies with a single headshot this time. Yeah, which is uh, probably how it should be. <laughs> you, you'd think. Even though characters do do some pretty outlandish uh, events in this game. Question. Yeah, they never really reconcile the fact that Drake murders about a thousand people by the end, but he's just this everyman kind of casual guy with the half tuck and the. That's what and I was God going to ask about. He snaps the neck of a museum does the, guard. Does the t-shirt ever come untucked in this game? Is that the big um, spoiler in the scene? Yeah, I want to know about the tuck physics. That's Tell me the, the tuck that's physics. the major point of drama when uh, when the the bad guy comes and pulls his t-shirt up over his head. That's <laughs> one of those Resident see. Evil pre-order t-shirts with the zombie <laughs> yeah. face underneath. Exactly. Drake actually oh. rocks a r- r- variety of appearance in this game, including morbidly obese if you choose to uh, <laughs> unlock enough uh, medals. Oh, really? <laughs> Jesus. And then it's not so much a tuck, but a belly shirt? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so then it's the abyss staring back at the uh, staring back at you sort of thing? <laughs> oh. Through the belly button would be me. <laughs> oh. With the lint and the <laughs> belly button. But, I, I, Talking about the combat, though, Nick, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with how fun the multiplayer was, even though I haven't gone back too much since the game came out. I I do think that if uh, some DLC comes out, or once the dust settles from this holiday season, I might go back and take a look. I would love to. Um, I played quite a bit of the the two betas that they released, and I really like... um, it borrows very heavily in terms of structure from like Call of Duty, where you have perks that you select and that kind of thing, uh, upgrades that you get. But as far as a third-person team-based game, it's the, the, it feels great. I mean, it, it reconciles the fact that the game involves lots of acrobatics with also a lot of shooting. Um, I, I think it's very solid, and certainly... Um, it's also very fun how some of the multiplayer levels involve the verticality of the series. Yeah. I can comment on the multiplayer because I was able to play some of it, and I definitely did notice that it, it was impressive. I was really um, excited to play more of that. The animations are fantastic in Uncharted, and even the melee kills and attacks. And the what's the one mode of the treasure hunting? Or you grab the treasure and you try to bring it back. Oh, yeah. yeah that, the, the competitive one or the co-op mode? The competitive Oh, like okay. kind of like the horde mode, basically. Yeah. Or, or there's a team-based one too, I guess. There's a team-based, but it it was really cool. And if I had a PlayStation Three, I'd I'd definitely like to play it. But it does kind of seem more of a novelty that. multiplayer mode in some ways. When they're, I don't know. I'm not going to try and compare, but it seems that more people would have a longer life with uh, Modern Warfare Two or whatever other game. Than well, Uncharted. Modern Warfare 2 is a totally different animal in itself, but the multiplayer mode, I don't really don't think uh, Deathmatch is quite as cup of tea. The treasure hunting mode you're talking about is great, if only for it's the first uh, object-focused multiplayer mode where you can just huck the object to another player rather than just simply yeah. holding on to it until death. Yeah, uh, I love the ability that I can throw the, the idol or whatever it is to the next player, and it, he can throw me the whip. 
or as you were, or I can just go and shoot who's ever chasing me. <laughs> that was um, pretty fun. It, I think that's actually a, a really important mechanic to talk about because not only is it the first time you can actually move an object like that down the field, just like you know, with a quick toss, but it also really stays in in character with the the people in this in, in the game because you know they're all treasure hunters and they wouldn't just carry it until they're shot in the head and die. You know, they would keep moving it down <laughs> to the to their to their partners. It was very cinematic. Yeah, and. I guess we should probably wrap up with Uncharted here pretty quickly. But I yeah, just... you have five minutes. So. <laughs> Thanks for uh, calling the shots. I was going to say, speaking of slightly tacked on multiplayer modes, oh, what God. about... Uh, Brutal Legend. What about Brutal Legend? Oh, <laughs> oh dear. I haven't even played one. the multiplayer, let alone finished the game. I, I yeah. played the multiplayer. I enjoyed it more than I assumed I would, given the actual like story mode of the game. Uncharted or uh, Brutal Legend is a deeply flawed, enjoyable experience. Deeply flawed? How? Let's hear uh, your thoughts on that. It, it's a sort of a show your work. Dip its dip its toes in the everything type game, but nothing it does is very like a jack great. of all trades thing. Yeah, uh, the open-worldness, like, the world is interesting, the act of traversing it Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily very intuitive, uh, the... Driving a car? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think the world, uh, worked very well as Uh, far as driving the hot rod around everywhere. Personally, I I think it did. Stuck on geometry, there's lots of pop-in all the time. I never noticed the pop-in, because I wasn't I noticed a lot of the pop-in. I did notice pop-in, but I was entranced... I guess that's a good enough word for the world to find it interesting, and it it was kind of frustrating to pop out and jump out of the car every two seconds to find something or grab something as far as extra items or the dragon statues, whatever, but it was still enjoyable, and how much of the game there is, I mean, you could have told me that the first area was almost it, and I might have believed it just because it was still... Well, uh, it's not like they really did much with the other two areas. Well, the ice. Well, mm, 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 I, th- yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> well, there, there were like I guess you could argue the transition there were, like, four area areas. was pretty damn boring, but the next area, the jungle section, was as robust. I would argue. No. Yeah, and then you enter the the goth uh, living dead area. And Nick I haven't doesn't agree with me on this at all, but I got some serious WoW vibes from the regions in that game. You got the the deserty area, the jungle, the undead area. It's well, you can get that feeling from any game. There's Maybe always wow, a lava really world metal. or a snow world. But what yeah, makes yeah, it more wow vibey to you? Yeah, I think I, I also get the any style, wow Just uh, Aside from the, the metal elements, the, the actual appearance of these areas look pretty the wow, I thought. Do you mean like exaggerated proportions and that kind of thing? Yeah. Cartoony. Well... Exaggerated proportions and inclusion of color, because I mean, <laughs> most most other games these days, it's kind brown. of like, well, we're not playing in black and white. We can afford four colors: brown and gray, Call yeah. of Duty and then maybe yeah. dark brown. Unreal Engine, what up? Resistance, yeah. what up? Killzone, what up? I I really I, I'd say I really liked Brutal Legend. I mean, it was it was flawed, yes. It wasn't perfect by any means, and I I would agree with the assertion. It's not. I mean, it's not even close to the best Tim Schafer game there is. No. But clearly not. For what I for what I paid for it, I mean, I, I got the trade in deal at um, 
yeah, GameStop. Yeah, uh, 20 bucks. And <laughs> Let's not give them any more publicity than they need. <laughs> yeah, I know. They they get plenty already. Just call already them Stop the Games TV so we don't have to say their name. That, those guys. Yeah. Yeah. The, those guys who took two of my games and turned it into <laughs> one other game for some money. Yeah. Tommy uh, down the street in the alley. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, first and Pike. Uh, anyway... <laughs> It wasn't it wasn't perfect by any means, but I, I really did enjoy it. It had a it had a fun storyline. Uh, the soundtrack was great. the The combat, aside the RTS, I felt was pretty good. I mean, it was it was no Arkham Asylum, but really comparing any brawler to Arkham Asylum this year is not a favorable. Comparison. It doesn't really need to have that good of brawler combat either. Just it just no. needs to get the job done and not focus too much on the combat. True, very true. Some of the missions um, can get pretty difficult, especially on brutal difficulty. Yeah, no, I would imagine the 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 RTS sections were rough, but they they were surpassable, and it it wasn't like nothing took more than three attempts for me. And I'm not a console gamer, so yeah. it's that w- that's as good as I can expect really in any game. All my know. only real my only real problem with the game so <laughs> far is is that there are a couple of places where it makes that adventure gaming logic sort of jump. Like you when you get done with it, you go, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense or whatever. Or, oh, that's very clever. I wish I'd thought of that the first time or ten minutes ago when I first started this section. Mm-hmm. I had to ask Nick about one of the things after the first boss because I completely forgot I had the ability to do something. I didn't know how to open a legend. Yeah, I... with the earth shaker or whatever. Yeah, yeah I yeah. drove right by them and thought, oh, I'll have to unlock those later. Yeah. <laughs> I had that problem with the with the dragons, actually. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize you had to use the fire thing on them, and I was like, oh... Yeah. Well, I guess I'll learn something else to do that. That game could have used some more tutorials. Like, I, it's kind of weird to say that because most games cover that base pretty Almost well. But... Too much. Well, honestly, like without being too fine detail about the game design, all it could have done would be, you know, you have somebody prompting you in the background, one of the other characters or whatever, and if you're stuck there for even longer time, just flash up on the screen, do this. Yeah, like and... because it's not fun to have to go check out game facts after the first goddamn boss. <laughs> Which is something Uncharted did really exactly. well. Exactly, Uncharted handles that so gracefully. We're done with that. But <laughs> yeah, we'll never we have moved that. on from Uncharted. I'm sorry. I think... As far as the story goes, did you, so you guys actually enjoyed Brutal Legends' story quite a bit. As I that's why I, I want to yeah. keep playing it. Yeah. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, I like that. I got the vibes towards the end of that game. It just it took the whole atmosphere of it way too seriously. After Psychonauts, I was expect in Grim Fandango for that. Pretty much every Tim Schafer game, I was expecting something much more humor focused. Grim Fandango gets pretty messed up by the end. I thought Brutal Legend was hilarious from what I played. It's definitely not um, super intelligent. It's still Jack Black being Jack Black, but regardless of what you think of him, I think the game was fun. A lot of fun, Having and I laughed a lot. One relatively recently, this is Jack Black toned down. Yeah, yeah, year one was it's, terrible. It's not. It wasn't even dollar fifty movie uh, worth it. In that's it, it was a great it. concept ruined by Jack Black as Jack Black and Michael Sarah as Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly really what like they him. wanted for that. Movie, it was like School of Superbad, the movie set in uh, BC times. <laughs> set in. But we, we're, we're not stones. ranting on year one here. But uh, that's the next podcast. <laughs> yeah, the iPhone game. Have you got? Have you guys been uh, looking for those? Uh, legends or myths or whatever of brutal legend pretty religiously because those add a bit more to the story that's what we were talking about i um i i have a lot to say about the game but i'm letting you guys go right now (laughs) no (laughs) because you're gonna end up how magical brutal legend is 
Yes. I'm either going to be like the the scapegoat for all you guys, or I'm going to be like the lone voice of reason here. But. I I'm just going to say that I loved it from what I played. Didn't finish it. The RTS that people or elements that people were complaining about, I think, is somewhat unfounded, and I think it's a lot of complaining because it's extremely scaled down. It can be frustrating. But it's not as bad as people make it out to be. I can understand the frustration when it really wasn't even talked about at all before release, and some people were kind of blindsided by that. But if you can't even finish those sections on easy, then you probably just never played an RTS in your life. Okay, well, okay, Aaron but just it's an said RTS that gives say. you next to no control over your units. I thought I had well, that's control. like every—that's every RTS on a console. I, let's let's Halo be honest Wars with ourselves. Did a pretty here. good job, though. Except it was yeah, fun. it was all right. Such a boring RTS. <laughs> Nick, you were any going other, to say something. Any other? Yeah. Nick, okay. Something. Um. Yeah, I <laughs> I agree with the complaints that people have about Brutal Legend for to a point, but I uh, I I loved what they did with the music. I think that's really what kept me going more than anything else was was how well the music was handled. And I'm not a metal fan. I don't own any metal music, really. You should. Well, paying money. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah. the way that, you know, like, for instance, I, I had never really appreciated Black Sabbath until I saw how they used a lot of the music. Like, you know, the end credits have uh, Never Say Die playing, which I thought was awesome. And um, as far as, like, Ozzy, like, the, the, how they use songs like Mr. Crowley... I thought that was really well done. Um, it was a good cutscene for one without words. Unlocking yeah. songs as you go was really cool, I thought. Yeah. yeah. and Hunting them down wasn't that fun, I thought. The only thing missing mm, was Master of Puppets to. on the last boss fight. That would have added a lot. <laughs> and not the oh. last, last boss fight, but the, the... By the way, if there were to be an equivalent of the Academy Awards for video games this year, Ozzy's getting Best Supporting Actor, because that was a phenomenal job as that support. That was amazing. Yeah, he yeah, was, was so really coherent, good. and I did not think he could be that coherent. Exactly, yeah, I had that exact thought. That's what it had to be. They changed his medication. I guess so. I mean, Lemmy was pretty phoned in. It was cool to have all those people like Lita Ford mm-hmm. and... Uh, yeah, but she Lemmy's wasn't really, really in the game. No, she had like five lines. Her character sucked. Yeah. They did a terrible job with later characters in the game. Like, they introduced them, her and the Baron, and they just kind of exist. They don't contribute anything, really. They're just there. That felt squandered to me. I felt like the second half of the mm-hmm. game could have had a lot more exposition. And a lot more character development. For a game that wasn't in development for so long, I th- thought it felt rushed. I can really? see that. Yeah. I mean, like, the side missions, I thought they were they were wisely kept very short. But, you know, if the game had had more time to be developed and fleshed out, those could have been, like, you know, little mini two- or three-minute battles where you actually had some strategy, not just go hit stuff with your axe until they all die. Well, who knows how much the, of a The cap- side missions were Assassin's Creed. It was this variation on the same three things. Yeah, they were slightly yeah. better in play mechanics. It, it, but... It's exactly that syndrome. Well, who, That's the exact same thing. Who knows how much of a cap was put on all the extra things they wanted to do once EA picked them up, and they just wanted to get the game out. That's a good question. That is true, because there, there was a bit of time that they spent there, uh, well, you know, between publishers. and Yeah... I don't know. I know also, this is a by the a way, passion project for Tim Schafer. I'm hoping that this, like, uh, Too Human uh, for uh, Dennis Dyack is a game that he kind of gets out of the system and can go back to making stuff that we, we really want to spend you a lot of time You mean making sequels with. now and nothing ever original again? No, oh, I'd love to see another original game from Tim. And I, I think that's to see another Too Human. I should have gone down that path. 
to, to bring I'm with this... you, Nick. <laughs> really? What? Because it, well, I... it could have been really good. Yeah, it could have been great. Just, if they'd murdered the scriptwriter and <laughs> fixed <laughs> the combat, it would have been really awesome. To bring this You're back to one last... a completely different game, then yeah, to human could be great. Okay, no to human because that was last year. To bring it back to one last point about Brutal Legend... I really hope Tim Schafer had no control over the ad campaign because the TV ads suck. EA, yeah, and that game could have been EA. so much better if it had a really good ad, really good, funny, catchy ad campaign. Like instead of videos had... and images from the game that made no sense with a really cheesy. Well, we were song. saying before we started recording Especially with that the amount it's... of licensed music in that game. Just just take yes. a page from Rockstar. Just have mm-hmm. a montage of scenes from the game set to like a, a key music track from the game itself. What were you yes. saying, Adam? Well, just before we start recording, I said that, uh, I mean, the one commercial that came out, which was terrible, I, it looked like one of the GameStop commercials that they make for our, the games that yes. are really awful, and it just did not work at all. And I was like surprised by that. the commercial for Batman? Yeah it, yeah, it looked like something GameStop for some promotional thing, so that was unfortunate, and I really didn't see that much advertising aside from banner ads on websites um, right before and on the release. So it didn't get as much um, publicity as I thought it would have, considering Jack Black's role, the metal side and stuff. He did a lot of appearances himself. That's true, and but... Tim Schafer also did a few appearances. He appeared on Fallon. Yeah. I think the biggest squandered opportunity with the marketing was the fact that they had prepared a, a bunch of really great trailers with really good music set to them. Like they had one was mm-hmm. Dr. Feelgood, one was the Hellion Electric Guy, and one was uh, Am I Evil? And those are all like great mood-setting songs for the game. They showed great clips of the game. I don't know why they didn't just run those, cut those to 30 and 60 second segments mm-hmm. and run those. Yeah, those were all pretty much online, weren't they? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I watch a lot of TV that's right in that 18 to 49 year old male target demographic audience. So I get to see a lot of the examples of where they put video game ads in mainstream media. So like in football, in sports, in primetime TV shows occasionally. And I'm pretty sure I saw that really terrible Brutal Legend ad in primetime. And that's not exactly how you want to showcase this game. All right. Um, Speaking of ad campaigns, actually, if we wanted to use that as a transition. Mad Men season finale. Let's talk about that. Oh, genius. Okay. Fucking I, genius. I hear, they, I hear they slapped some secretaries on the ass in that. Oh, no, not at all, actually. No, I no. God, oh, I'm sorry, was that a spoiler? Mad Men, I will hunt you. Tyler, down. you and I can talk about Mad Men later. Yeah, I, I still haven't watched to see what episode. We can give it its own I, podcast. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be good if I, if I get around to watching it. It's amazing. It is. But okay. Everybody's right watching up there with it. It Friday makes me like... this season in terms of okay, genius that, fucking show. That that horrible that um argument that everybody's watching it I don't want to is I feel sometimes like I'm that person with Modern Warfare 2 and let's use that as a segue hey. into Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> no, you're right because you're completely petty for not wanting to play the game just cuz everybody else is and I'm completely petty for not wanting to watch Mad Men because I know I love it. But then it's not that everybody's playing it I don't want to play it. It's that I played four levels and I I liked what I played but I just didn't feel that my $60 would be worth it and the multiplayer can be great, it can be expansive, but do I really care that much to then now now I'll be behind and I'll have There's friends. There's almost as many reasons not to play Modern Warfare 2 at this point as there is to play it. But yeah. we're saving that for later. There's still other games we should cover before well, we get up the, the Modern Warfare controversy. We should hit them quickly okay. then because we're going a little bit on the wire here. Um, well, and there's 30 uh, Rock to watch. 
right, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like it. What about Borderlands? Do we want to talk about Borderlands? Yeah, that's a good one to talk about. I, wish, I really wish I had the time and the money to get that, because that sounds like it'd be really fun. You I'm also going to need copy. five minutes to go off on Ratchet and Clank, since I know <laughs> none of you guys played that. I, you know, for a series I've never bought a game in, I love those games so much, and I'm such a fool for not playing them. But yeah, let's talk about Borderlands first. I'm almost done with it. It was Just good. Done. Have you beaten it, Spencer? Uh, I'm on my second playthrough now. Oh, cool. Um, and it is... I mean, okay. It's flawed, not to the same degree that, say, Brutal Legend was flawed. Yeah. But it's it's got some rough edges. It's still the PC playable. version, they made some weird decisions, but it's still a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. And, with and once you get multiplayer up and working, it is great. I've, There's no doubt. I played exactly one four-player game, and it was such a blast. I played some three and three and two-player as well, but that game really, really shines in multiplayer, which I think is a really huge accomplishment for them. To make a, a, a game that works so well in single that you know, you'll know you play through it by yourself and have a great time, but when you get more people in it, it just feels like it was built for collaboration. There, there are yeah. parts of that game I think uh, might be a little bit too challenging in single player, especially depending on the class you chose. I know you guys have pretty much all played as soldier, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, most self-sufficient class. You're a bit more frail when you're playing as the Siren or the Hunter. Oh yeah, Siren. I don't especially. know, I've never really had any trouble playing as the Siren. I still really? think but it again, all I depends on the randomness. I, you could, If you're getting great equipment and you're talenting right or something that's more damage-oriented, you should be fine regardless of which class. It's just, uh, that's kind of my problem that I've had. I know it sounds weird. I played the thing, basically beat it in a weekend and spent all this time with it loved it the first time through, but on a second playthrough with friends, um, sometimes the class combinations don't seem to work, and it seems to favor if you're all soldiers or you get lucky with the drops. We never really got that great of loot, and it just the payoff for playing three people was not there, whereas when I played with Nick once, four people, uh, it seemed to be great. It was a lot of fun. And I don't it's know. It's interesting because on the tech trees and the class mods, they all have team abilities that they do look like they, they will benefit the other classes. We don't really get to class mods until about fifteen or twenty. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not meant for multiplayer. I think early on in the game, especially before. That's what before I was arguing. Five. And Nick seemed yeah. to not think. I mean, his experience was different than mine in the early levels. I was playing um, about levels six through fifteen with some people, and it was just awful. It was an awful experience with a with Brick, um, uh, the Siren, and the Hunter. And we just had a terrible time. The loot was terrible. We never were upgrading weapons and weren't having luck with that and kept dying. And badasses took about two minutes to take down, which was completely well, counter to what all the other experiences in multiplayer I had. So sometimes I feel that the randomness is almost too much. Yeah, what I see as a big flaw with the multiplayer, too, is the fact that because your inventory system is limited, uh, especially me, since I'm a very anal retentive RPG gamer, uh, anytime I get new loot, I'm always like uh, com- comparing it with the loot that I have. If I have a full inventory, I'm always like agonizing over what to throw away and yeah. when I have to sell stuff, what to sell. It's it's a yeah. long process. And if in multiplayer, I couldn't imagine like asking people to wait. Like, can we wait like 15 <laughs> to 30 minutes while I go through everything I have and see what I want to keep and what I want to throw away? Yeah, for as loot-focused as it is, having 42 slots max, isn't that the maximum? You get more Especially on the second yeah. since there's no 42, 45, something like that. Well, yeah, and there's no so storage. from having a hub-like Fallout. There really should have been a stash, mm-hmm. I think. Like the, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, 
Uh, that, there are a few things that the game desperately needs, and one of them is absolutely a stash. Uh, something sh- shared between characters. Even Torchlight has a so phenomenal. Hi oh. Yeah. Transition. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I really want time to play that, and that I had a computer that would run Windows to play that. Your computer. Mac version's coming out early next year. I'm holding out Sweet. for that. Sweet. It's supposedly out in January. It's fantastic. It's. I don't know why I don't own it. I guess it's just because there's been a billion games this fall, but I. Which we're all talking about. Yeah. I need to. It really I need sounds to at least like try the demo because it does look yeah. like a lot of fun. Demo was it fantastic. It sounds like it's a, like Diablo 2 3.0 pack, which is just perfect. Diablo yeah. 2.5. Something like that. It's or, like if they yeah. took all the lessons of Diablo through Diablo Lord of Destruction, and then, and you know, Diablo 2 and all that, and they just decided to remake Diablo kind of with all those mm-hmm. ideas in mind. The thing that you know, warmed, the dog. The thing that warmed my games. nerdy heart was hearing the music and thinking, wow, this sounds like Diablo, and then Nick informed me that it's actually the same composer from... Yeah. Yeah, and so... Nice. It's, it's perfect. I mean, the, even the town music sounds just like Tristram with, like, you know, the yeah. guitar, the echoey guitar. It's just... It's great. But yeah, Borderlands was fun. <laughs> <laughs> the ending yeah. is terrible. Is ending is absolutely the worst part of the game for me. Really, they they made a lot of effort to show these uh, to kind of build up these characters, and then really, and, and they just toss. Them yeah, out the actually, in the in the first bit of the game, yeah. and then it just kind of falls flat. And while the mechanics are still really good, and it's still a ton of fun to play, mm-hmm. the story just goes nowhere. It just becomes generic sci-fi, and the ending is yeah, it's horrible. The style it but... worked out because I went into the game thinking the story was going to be pretty throwaway. So I've never even well, I didn't expect to really it to pay be... attention to anything. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be Half-Life Two or anything of that equivalent nature. But just the style at the beginning, being on the bus, and then the the cool little trailer with the stupid song that's been overplayed now, but... And Claptrap. Yeah, and... and yeah. You want to know title, something awful? The, the, Listen to uh, the Major Nelson podcast. His co-host, E, does, like... His what? This awful... What? His what? The Major Tyler Nelson died. podcast. Uh, the, the ex- you guys can't hear me at all? Died instantly. Oh, there we are. Hello? Yeah, now you're there. Out. I'm here? Yeah. Still alive. Yeah. You're here. Okay. Uh, Major back Nelson. Back going off. <laughs> The, you guys are talking about the, the commercial song, right? The, the, there's no rest for the wicked. Yeah, the Cage the Elephant Cage the Elephant, yes. That's the band. Yeah. yeah uh, apparently, uh, Major Nelson's co-host, uh, E, who also works at uh, Microsoft, is enamored with that song. And a few times during the show, he has done like this terrible lounge lizard rendition of what he thinks the song sounds like. <laughs> and it's like oh. taking a cheese grater to your ears. It's oh, just no. like, why on earth would any human being do that to you, someone else? You mean a Richard cheese grater, perhaps? Uh, <laughs> oh! Hey-o! Love that's the, the second time I've heard Richard cheese mentioned <laughs> today. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, that's I, I was just going to say about Borderlands, as far as the presentation, that that cool opening cinematic with um, the song... And then the title cards when you meet a boss, and how the first two were actually <laughs> funny. They had a little bit of a humor edge to them. Oh, yeah. Mentos. And then all of that just stops. And then the rest of yeah, the game exactly. is just you killing and getting loot, and then you finish it, and the payoff is non existent. The last boss doesn't even really drop anything of importance. There's not. I've never even seen an orange drop. Yeah, I didn't get an orange drop. And that just I really just got bothered one. me. It was a pistol, though. Yeah. So it sh- <laughs> there should cool. be a guarantee of, okay, drop two purples and orange, or just something that all the hours you spent and all the progression 
in a second playthrough, it almost doesn't make you want to go through, even though it is different, and second playthrough has been somewhat fun. It just, it bothered me that there was a lot of promise there that you see at the beginning of the game, and then by the end, you feel a little bit let down. I'm with Aaron on that. What amazes me is that for all the abilities that increase the number of items you can get dropped, there's nothing that increases the rarity of what gets okay, dropped. Okay, quiet now. Hey. You can't hear me again, really? Live not recording radio, ladies and Stop downloading torrent porn. I'm not downloading anything. I was going to just pop in and say that I agree with Aaron that uh, although the mechanics of the game are very strong and they stand up for, probably for a second playthrough, just the, the lack of humor, I guess, which was really the game's strong suit in any of the remaining bosses or people you encounter and kind of how the story is just kind of tossed literally out the window yeah. at the very end. And it just says, okay, you're done. Play again. I, I just, I really feel like that cheapens it. It's like if you play Diablo and you're going all the way to the end and then you get to the bottom and they're like, oh yeah, uh, instead of Diablo you're going to fight um, this guy. Lazarus. He's Lazarus. There's no they hell. Do that yeah, with... There's no hell you're actually going to a Kmart to kill people or something. <laughs> that... Borderlands doesn't really have a chief villain, though. The, the goal is to get to the vault, but there's but, no one you're really fighting that's, to get there. But that's the same idea as having, okay, Diablo, you're trying to kill Diablo and his brothers, but in Borderlands, your goal is to get to the vault, and then it's completely back asswards. Yeah, not, not to like ruin it for you, Tyler, but. It... I don't care. <laughs> There, there I just really want to no... find the biggest, baddest gun at this point. <laughs> yeah, except that's the, that's the game's allure, and it does mm-hmm. that well. But there really isn't much of a vault. Like, you don't... You know, you hear vault, and you think, oh my god, untold treasures, or at least really awesome guns. And it's like, I was no, just thinking Fallout. You find a boss, and the game's over. Fight Cthulhu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just hoping for a sequel where it improves on everything, and it keeps the base elements, but the story... I hope it's not a rehash. I hope maybe it's a different planet or something, just to keep the core I definitely mechanics. Hope it's another planet. Yeah, yeah Pandora's boring. I, I like Let's the keep that box just... closed. <laughs> it actually makes it kind of a blessing in disguise. Then that they did the game didn't get its original name, which was Pandora. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't remember that yeah. actually. Yeah, it was a dispute with uh, our good old friend James Cameron. Because <laughs> the world in that game, oh, that movie is also uh, known as Pandora. Isn't it also known as like Smurf? Overpriced. Oh. <laughs> what are the, uh, you mean? I don't know wow, well you mean E 3s best presentation? Yeesh. Anyway, um, can we put Borderlands to rest now? Yep. Yes. Yeah. We can. Okay. Ending sucked. Otherwise, good game. Yep. That summarizes <laughs> it. Uh, anything else we're forgetting from like? Uh, uh, the last two things I'd want to touch on would be Gay Tony and Ratchet and Clank. Okay, why don't you take Ratchet and Clank real quick? Okay, uh, since you and I are the only ones with PS3s, and I don't think anyone here has even played a Ratchet and Clank game We're going to have a smoke break now. Spencer does have a PS3, but he doesn't. I have a, I have a PS3. I usually use it as a upscaling DVD that's player. Most, it's really <laughs> that's all that. I use it for, too. <laughs> that's so depressing on both of you. Uh, Ratchet <laughs> and Clank really is really good at it, though. It's awesome. I mean, it's like the best upscaling DVD player you can get. It's amazing. It, it is wonderful, I'll give you that. But there, And it so even plays Blu-rays and games. <laughs> yeah, but who wants Blu-ray? Come it on. does everything. It only does everything. It does several things that you don't really want. <laughs> that was very hive mind. I will say that I do. I'm really enjoying that ad campaign they have right now. It's good. I, I kinda, it is very good. Yeah. I was skeptical, but it's really good. I, I kind of hated the the stereotypical Uncharted. Hey, my girlfriend thinks this is a movie thing, but 
Melissa sat and watched me play that game start to finish. So <laughs> the the other ad where they have the girlfriend who's complaining about her boyfriend not taking the PS3 online was hilarious. Yeah, really I like that one. Candles. The, the, come yeah. on, come on. He hates candles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ratchet and Clank. You have two minutes. Uh, well, it, it does two <laughs> things extremely well, which is that it's one of the only remaining platform games we have right now, uh, especially since Rare Hardcore biffed uh, Banjo-Kazooie's reboot. Um, Don't get talk Nick about started that. on that. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not, okay, <laughs> even if it's a fun game, it's not Banjo-Kazooie. It's not a platformer. It's a completely different game. Mario Kart's not a real game. It's not jumping. Did you con- it's Mario <laughs> It's the same as the original Mario Kart for the Super NES. It's, uh, it's, it's irrelevant. Any, anyways, uh, how many platform games have we had this generation? You can probably count them on one hand, especially if you leave out the Wii, since it's not like an HD console. I don't know, Uncharted's got the platform. three attempts to read like Never mind that Super Mario Galaxy about. is the best 3D platformer ever made. No, I'm saying Mario Galaxy is mm-hmm. great, but I'm saying if you take that away, we're left with almost nothing as far as platformers go. That's so when you take away the really good one, there is nothing. That's it's compelling. Well, no, he's got a point, though. There's, there, it's okay, like, but how many first-person shooters are you left with if you take away the like chief among them? If you take away Modern Warfare, how many amazing first-person shooters do we still have? A lot. Way a lot. too many. Uh, plenty. Um, but I think okay. Tommy's got a point, because we're at a point where... We have more adventure games than platform games being made. Yep. Think about that. That is true. That's really yeah. weird. Well, the the technology anyways, suits uh, it now. Ratchet really and Clank it. handles uh, the platforming better than probably any game the series has had. I'd say, as a game in the Ratchet series, this one is like the shining beacon of exa- of their design. It is everything they have learned up until now that has come together. The level design is superb. The weapons, albeit not as interesting as some of the other games in the series, are supremely well-balanced for the levels that you have. And the they take Clank off in another direction. He's your token platformer buddy. And he has a completely new style, which I could only really compare to a 3D braid, which involves time traveling in that you have doppelgangers performing activities simultaneously to what you are doing. And there's actually some challenge rooms that aren't necessary for the game itself later on that are supremely complex. And I, I would say the game would be worth playing, if only for the Clank's separate levels. Wow. But the gameplay itself is superb, and Insomniac does amazing work as far as animation goes. In terms of a family-friendly story with incredible uh, animation... And... Boom. Goes Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yep. Nothing? Yes. Back. You. I'm back. <laughs> That's really weird. I keep dropping out. I assure you, I'm still recording. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, the the animation is in- incredible, and unlike uh, the most of what we've seen, I, most of the games nowadays you see more of a realistic style. This is definitely something cartoony and not shell sated, which uh, is even more impressive that they can handle such incredible animation. And at the end of the game, if you really go out of your way to find everything, you can find the Insomniac Moon, which is something a lot of the Ratchet and Clank games have had. It's sort of like a place where they put on display cut content. It really gives you a whole new level of appreciation for Insomniac, the amount of thoroughness they go through when developing these games. I've always admired the games a lot. The only one I ever played in full was Going Commando, the second game. Yeah. And uh, I was floored by how good that game was. I 
leveled everything up to the maximum. I just I just had so much fun with the way they balanced the the combat with the guns, with the platforming and the exploration. It was just really impressive, and I I don't really have a good reason why I haven't followed the, the series on the PS3 since I own one, and it's a great series, but. Well, I don't know. Uh, if I will it's say true. that if they do another Ratchet and Clank, it's going to be extremely hard to follow. Not because Crank and, Crack and Time is that great, but just because it perfects the the gameplay style of Ratchet and Clank so well. It's a, it's a question of with Game Seven, I think it would be. Where do you go from there? Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is true, but it just seems that. I mean, maybe Nick, you haven't played it because. Uh, platforming is still fun. There's still lots of great platformers, as evidenced by Ratchet and Clank and Mario and others. But it's just, yeah, there are a lot more adventure games. Even Naughty Dog, look where they've gone with Uncharted, which is almost kind of like a platformer sometimes. And just that play style has been, I mean, dropped a little bit. It doesn't mean the game's any less good, but even if I had a PlayStation 3, I probably wouldn't be um, running out to go play it right away, considering the other games that are on the console. I think that's part of it. I think it's just that, you know, as as games continue to be expensive and get more expensive with the years going on, it, it's harder to justify, in my mind, purchasing even a very top-flight platforming game when I've, you know, when I, say I'm faced with a really, really good platformer and a really, really, really good game in a less explored genre, I'm probably going to go with the latter just because, you know, it'll probably make for a more... Uh, but what are we playing right now? I mean, the first Ration Clank came out around the time of, uh, or the first Ration Clank Future, I should say, came out around the time as uh, Halo Three, Call of Duty Four. It was such a breath of fresh air uh, compared to all the all the shooters. Yeah, all the really serious uh, Again, stuff we shooters. had going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the sense of humor at, at times. It, it's almost like a Pixar movie where there is jokes that kids will probably enjoy it. There's probably a few cheeky moments where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a very obvious, like, DreamWorks-style humor right there, but they do have some layered stuff that probably uh, little kids aren't going to get. As far as all-ages entertainment, in terms of, like, writing and presentation, they're, they're pretty much unparalleled. Apparently they had somebody from Pixar help them with a lot of their CG and all their uh, cinemas for this game as well. That the CG is actually shows. is definitely the best they have done. It, some of the scenes are extremely impressive with what they've done. Wow. It's very obvious that's not in-engine, but it, it, it's, it's wonderful looking. It, it's, it's not something you see a lot with HD games, which is really sad because you have a lot of potential there. So, yeah. if this is the last Ratchet game, as Insomniac has kind of alluded to it possibly being, mm-hmm. um, where would we want to see them go next? Because they still have another Shooters. IP. And I, no. <laughs> they've released two Resistance games, and the third one is all but confirmed thanks to that leaked photo of a billboard. Yeah, the billboard. Which, you know, anyone with half a brain would have guessed that they make another one anyway. But um, do we... It seems to me, from my experience, that they're way better at making... I, I really enjoyed Ratchet & Clank more than either Resistance game. They weren't bad games, but they were well, they're a lot less fairly generic. Yeah, exactly. So, do you think a new IP is in the cards, maybe? Or I think that they should do what Naughty Dog has done and get a new IP, but instead of just dedicating it completely, put Ratchet and Clank on the back burner and bring them back for an, another generation down the line. And it's still a really good I, yeah. IP. I'm sure they'll still they do handheld titles with it. 
It's yeah. already confirmed that Somniac has a new IP in development. There's a brand new studio in Raleigh, North Carolina, that is yep. working on something that no one knows about right now. And it's yep. not Resistance 3. Yeah, and they've been there for a couple of years now, I think, working on that. I think it's been like one year. It's been existence. Okay. Well, it's a certain amount and, of time. And the team <laughs> in uh, uh, San whatever down in South Car- uh, California uh, over by Sony's main studio is also huge. I mean, this is the same studio that's been doing a yearly game for the past like seven or eight years now mm-hmm. yeah they're rather well established so if they're working on resistance 3 we're going to see something impressive coming soon from R- the raleigh studio probably not until 2011 though. it does well, seem I thought resistance was targeted for 2011 actually yeah so maybe Is we'll it? see it next year it's all rumors and speculation right now since the game technically isn't even announced yeah but currently um, they've been on a, a game a year especially around Q4, pretty much since the original Ratchet & Clank. Did it chart on the October MPDs? Uh, it came out towards the end of the month. I don't think it did. At least it wasn't mentioned in any of the news posts I see- saw, but they, they've always been a very predictable game in terms of sales. I don't think it's going to do bad. I don't think it's going to do anything extremely impressive, but I do think it'll do well. Let's hope okay. their new IP doesn't have an R for the first letter in its title this time. Yeah. I haven't even seen much as far as uh, marketing for the game. I haven't seen any commercials for it. I haven't seen a whole lot of ads. There was the one with the Sony, um, those creepy boardroom guys, the clandestine meeting of... Did you see that one? It was the same um, Kevin oh. King. Oh, yeah, the, the, where they wanted to buy the yeah. weapon. From the money's already in your bank account. Type oh, of yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will say, there is of all the weapons in the game, there is one that really stands out where it's an interdimensional portal that summons an otherworldly beast known as Frank. <laughs> you never really see. You just see tentacles flying out and from the maw. Away. Oh, <laughs> oh. I, I would compare it more to like the things you see in the space in Hellboy, the the weird like tentacle goat monster. Oh things. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Can I get one minute to talk about one of my absolute greatest time sinks of this fall, and that's four to three. Yes, please. Oh, thank God it wasn't soccer. No, I haven't actually gotten the full version of that yet, and I don't know if I will for a while. Um, you guys should all give Forza 3 a try, because besides being a very, very well-made game, it's the most accessible a hardcore driving-style game has been on a console. I still haven't played PGR4, even though I picked it up for 15 bucks. Oh my god, you haven't even played the Beatles <laughs> Rock Band! <laughs> <laughs> what makes it so accessible, Doug? Between the, the rewind the, feature? The rewind really helps, because instead of having to restart a race, you can just rewind it back a couple of bumps, and you'll be able to retake a corner and not get crushed by the AI or spin off and be a dumbass or something. Yeah, Grid did that, that, but it was still boring in the game. Yeah. Along with that, though, the the best feature is that it keeps moving you along really well in terms of single-player progression. You're not staring at a big map or a big screen that has a bunch of race options scratching your chin. Mm-hmm. It presents you with two or three different options and lets you go from there and keeps you moving along. That's good. Um, and it also gives you plenty of money and plenty of cars. Forza 2 did it pretty well in terms of giving you a car to use for another series once you're done with one. This one does that, and it also gives you opportunity to use them and shows you where all, that opportunity directly is. Are all the cars fun, though? Because I remember a problem I had with the PlayStation era, Gran Turismo's and other car sims is that, especially in the early game, a lot of times you're left with these sort of boring 
low-level vehicles until you can earn enough money to get to the higher stuff that you actually want to race with. Yeah, like you the 100 horsepower yeah. category. Well, you're always going to start out with, I mean, yeah. I imagine, a shittier car. You do start out with the slower cars in this game as well, but in all honesty, like people were doing private races online with slow cars because it's still a lot of fun. Um, the physics handles um, sense of speed really well, and even you know if you're just getting up to 100 miles an hour tops or going from 170 to 70 in two seconds, just wiping out the the speed on a really really fast car. Either way, it's it feels really good. Have and you played Need for Speed Shift at all, Doug? I want to rent that once I get more time. I really Have wanted to compare the, the two. I haven't played the demo yet. Huh. I'll probably download that soon. Um, I heard that that I was one's really also. I was yeah. really impressed with the cockpit mode in that game. It's, it's obviously it's garnered a lot of attention. Uh, having played the Forza demo, I I don't think the it really impressed me visually as much as I thought it would, being a second generation HD racer. But it, it's it's serviceable. I think yeah. it's stunning. I mean, the world is very very static and flat looking, which is always how these things look. But in terms of like reflections and car detail, I was I was very very impressed. They have a static sort of your car sitting in one spot and different cinematic camera swipes over it as a background if you're just sitting on the main menu, basically. And it's amazing the detail that that will show. Like, it's absolutely amazing. And the other, except for a few of the racing models, every car's interior is accurately individually done, which is also something that you're not going to get from Gran Turismo 5. Um, Not to put any sort of digs in there, but they've modeled everyone individually and I can tell, like, on a version of the car that, like, I drive on a daily basis, it looks accurate inside. And other cars that I've seen or know details of inside are done really, really well as well. Cockpit notwithstanding, though, like, I know Nick's always been kind of suspect, but some of the videos they've shown off of Gran Turismo 5 are just absolutely jaw-dropping. Oh, yeah, the graphics are amazing, but the reason why I want to keep coming back to Forza is because you can customize your cars both between parts and also with paint jobs to an amazing degree and the online play will allow you to set up races skins with anything. Up the yin yang. <laughs> oh, you can you don't even have to look for those anymore. What's great for me is I like making racing or paint schemes that look like they're from racing cars and with the decals on the storefront I can go do that. I can also go buy accurate Bush uh, Cheney 04 stickers and put those on my Cadillac <laughs> and look like I'm straight out of Lake Oswego. Nice. When you say buy, you mean with game money, right? Yes, Not Microsoft yes. Space Dance? <laughs> yeah. You, you can use in-game credits, and a lot of the other decals are also up there for free. I mean, I've got an accurately done Oregon license plate that I put on a bunch of my cars, and it looks great. It's It kind of puts a little big planet to shame in that sense, because it's always had a really... I know Forza 2 had a very strong user-created community, and it sounds like 3 makes it even way easier to create and share those things. And I mean, To I'm, be fair, it's a lot less daunting than Little Big Planet. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're just designing, like, illustrations, basically, for the most part, or tuning setups or that kind of thing. It's or like you're, you're doing building a whole level. paint schemes, though. I've seen... For, uh, you can now paint every car, so even if you're taking a racing car that has its own accurate livery in the game... Like, there are some examples of ones where people have put up other liveries that the, that same car used, or that teams use with that car, and they're absolutely amazing. Like, they're perfectly detailed. It's wonderful. I'm in heaven. <laughs> okay. Well... You guys are such nerds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what, yeah. What have you been playing, Spencer? Well, funny you should ask. No, what uh, actually, I don't have anything playing? really nerdy to say there. 
I, I know that Aaron is chomping at the well, bit. He he wants to hear me talk about Modern Warfare 2 the same way he wants to hear his grandpa talk about the Second World War. Dead. Let's just cover well, no, so it's mine. just the last game here before yeah. we okay. Daytona was destroy excellent. Modern Warfare. I think, I think Grand Theft Auto is better in 8 to 12 hour chunks than 30 to 40 hour chunks. I think Hooray. Daytona is excellent. I would completely agree with that. And Rockstar just keeps getting better at writing and character development. The best comparison I've heard is that uh, whereas Lost in the Damned was largely the, the starter, the quarter of condensed version of a Grand Theft Auto story, this uh, adopts the premise as if you are starting a Grand Theft Auto game at the end. Yeah. When you've already hit the big time, when you're already kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a accumulated character, you have a nice place, you have friends that are hookups, you're, you're doing high-level missions and stories... You don't have to fight for your position anymore. And I it think sounds like it has all this... A, oops, sorry. It's definitely been a breath of fresh air, is all I was going to say, is that not having to claw your way up from the bottom like you're used to in Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah, it sounds like it has everything that you would have as Nico after 30 hours unlocked for you from the start. Without Roman, which is definitely <laughs> awesome. Oh, except Roman makes quite a few appearances, and he's always... He's entertaining. The way they bring back the characters from four, that that was handled very well. Yeah, it was I'm really Bruce Lee especially Brucey. Oh yeah, and Maury. <laughs> I love his brother. Yeah, kosher beef. But, that was classic. Without a doubt, <laughs> Yusuf is the best new character mm-hmm. in a Grand Theft Auto game in so long. He's like the new um, OG Loke. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say he's the best character. He's one of the more entertaining characters. Well, I definitely stand I by Gay Tony as being one of the best characters. Period in a Grand Theft Auto game, just because. He seems like one of the he's one of the few characters I can actually see existing in the real world. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's fair. I wasn't trying to say that Yusuf is like the most realistic or best designed character ever. He was just the funniest I've seen in a long time. But yeah, Gay Yusuf Tony, really fits, and Gay Tony definitely seems more realistic. I just like yeah. how he doesn't seem so much a parody or um, stereotype as a lot of the characters have been in Grand Theft Auto. They've gotten better with Especially 4. Especially given how they presented him in Grand Theft Auto 4 and Lost and Damned, he seemed a lot more flamboyant. Originally. Yeah, he was yeah. Gay Tony, not just Tony, who doesn't even like the name Gay Tony. That, that was why him. it was kind of weird to go back to the scene where they're handing off the mob boss's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. they, you know, they obviously couldn't change how that played out from GTA. So, so the, the, the so diamond kinda, heist? Yeah. Uh, so it kind of changes how the character is viewed because they've kind of... Um, gone back and adapted and made it different from how they wrote it in, wrote him into GTA 4. Yeah, they're they're shoehorning this new take on the character into what's already been established, and you can only do so much, but it definitely works. Well, he was never really a major character. No, but you knew his name in each game, and you were expecting to meet him eventually. Yeah. And also the way they handled the, the homosexual character in Grand Theft Auto 4 wasn't exactly uh, um, subdued. Uh, f- no, oh, what's his name? No, no, no. Bernie? Bernie. Yeah. Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. Bernie. Yeah, that that's what I really enjoyed about the uh about Gay Tony was Bernie was just such a negative stereotype. And it could be fun for a lot of people to just go, ha ha, look at that guy, he's overly flamboyant. But Gay Tony, he's neurotic, but he is a strong character and he has problems like we all do, you can relate to him and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even really come up that he's gay, aside from his name yeah. being Gay Tony. So that's what I liked and I like seeing Rockstar being more mature. In that's that what really impressed me. What's great about Gay Tony, uh, it's so aptly named because the story is not at all about uh, Luis. No. Yeah. It, it, 
that's one of the things that makes it great is that because you're not focusing on who you are, it doesn't so much matter what your actions are. It's more the context of what's going on in the story. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a return to GTA 3 in that sense. Yeah. It's kind of ironic because you see something like Legend of Zelda, which is clearly named for the Princess Zelda. You play as Link, who's mute, and you're trying to experience the world through his eyes then being yours because they don't want to ruin the perception if he has a voice. But then you play as Luis and Gay Tony, and the name is Gay Tony. You're experiencing his story, but I feel I felt more connected to that story than I ever did in any Zelda game. And you're playing a character Definitely. that has yeah. dialogue, has uh, options and opinions completely different from your own. So, well, it helps that Luis is such a wooden character in general. There's not really much character to be found there. There's not well, much I that don't. you can really disagree I think with he, him. On. I think he exists. He doesn't develop a whole lot, but he exists. He's as a very complex. Interesting he exists as a very interesting bridge between his professional life and his his background, his friends, his childhood. Yeah. I mean, I mean the like, whole dad He exists more as a product of his relationships than his actual personality. Right. Yeah. It sounds like um, there's... I mean, I can think of a couple examples of other great literature, like real literature, you know, stuff that people consider to be great, uh, where the narrator is a character within the story, but while he's a player in it, is not necessarily the one that's being characterized the most. Mm-hmm. And the one that sprang to mind immediately was Catch-22, and that there's a, a character who's narrating the story, but it's all about Gatsby. And just characterizing this other person. So it sounds like it's it's kind of a cool way to finally figure that out, that you can sometimes have more control over the characterization of somebody in a game, because you're not reliant on you know having Nico do one thing whereas you you then get out of the cutscene and go shoot up 25,000 people. Yeah. And the fact that we're having this discussion on the characters and their influence in the GTA game shows how far Rockstar has come. I mean, even even in like a year and a half. Yeah, like Vice City and San Andreas, the lead characters were decent enough and they they served as vehicles for the plot, but they were still largely stereotypes and they were criminals and it's not like Luis is really any different but um, especially Gay Tony and everybody else it's just the layers there that I never expected to really see or care about makes me confident about the direction they're taking the series when a lot of people were complaining that it wasn't um, as funny or silly as it used to be though of course Gay Tony put back in parachuting and a lot of over the top missions (laughs) well and even to take it back to GTA 4 a lot of characters like Bernie we mentioned um, Playboy X a couple others were just real characterizations and real not necessarily that but caricatures of these stereotypes that already exist you know they, they might be more than just generic stereotypes but they weren't too fully rounded they were almost there were a couple that were but not that many they were yeah. almost as bad as the two gangster transformers in the recent transformers movie <laughs> oh god i heard about that yeah what i think is really ironic is that for uh, gta 4 where it, they tried to emphasize so hard the relationships that you kept and the friendships you had your friends calling you on the phone to do crap all the time I identify Ballad of Gay Tony as being much more as the GTA game about friendship and about relationships. Yeah, it felt, you mm-hmm. know, it always felt kind of forced to me in GTA. It was kind of a cool novelty to have people contacting you and being able to go do things like that. But, you know, by the end of the Ballad of Gay Tony, where you're, like, basically fending for your lives and, like, you know, you're the one who's pretty much in control of the situation and able to, um, you know, and, you know, Tony needs your help, that has a much bigger impact. On me playing the game yeah. than anything that happened. Watching before. their friendship, maybe, you actually care. Yeah, which is a real rare thing in games. Well, maybe it's another example of how sometimes open ended things 
can seem or forced or if there's storyline that then like like we were talking about with uh with Nico, you know, you can get more characterization out of characterizing somebody else instead of having to do yours which is relying on the char- on the uh, the player's actions. Mm-hmm. In this case, instead of giving you the choice to create relationships with five or six different people along with the options of different girlfriends, it's forcing you and taking you down the path with one person and it's able to do it a lot better. I would agree. I just I think we covered pr- GTA pretty well. The now. only thing yeah. I would say uh, else about Gaytoni is they scaled back after GTA 4 the whole friend system that really didn't work the way they implemented it. In Lost and Damned, it was definitely not as imperative, so that was great. Kind of the same way in Gaytoni. But then in Gaytoni, they add the stupid scoring mission stuff that I personally think is pointless and it goes completely counterintuitive to what the series has been to me, where it's do your own thing in an open world, approach the mission the way you want, and though it's not about the achievements or anything, it's that you feel like you've done well on a mission but at the end you get a 50% rating and you're basically being told you didn't do it well enough, but again, you don't have to care. You you don't have to care, but that's what I don't like about it, and I could see them scaling back on that in the next title. They're, They're trying. Gotcha. I think it's a good feature for those who are so inclined to go back and perfect those things, but I can kind of agree that after finishing a mission, I don't like to be told that, oh, you weren't good enough to meet the the cutoff for 80% or 100% of yeah. what we wanted. And also, you can't upload your score because you had to restart. Right. And that like happens a, a like lot a pedestrian. in GTA games. Yeah. So we're done with GTA 4. Is it time for Modern Warfare? Well, there's one exception, and I think we should mm-hmm. probably <laughs> maybe save that for another podcast in full, but... Aaron and I have been playing a lot of Dragon Age Origins. Dragon Age. And <laughs> I guess all I well, want to say is that I haven't finished it, but this is... I'm, I'm ready to call it a better game than Mass Effect. Yeah. I, I definitely think we should hold off on Dragon Age for a later show, because I do intend on playing the console version eventually, and you haven't finished the game yet. I think Aaron's the only one that's finished it. Yeah. In, in the so. world. Yeah, but <laughs> if you look at my Bioware social page, yeah. But but truly, it is the age of dragons. Then it is dragons. The, the dragon's age so. is actually fifty-two. Oof. You find out at the end of the game. So, but you cut off the neck and count the rings. Yeah, you do. <laughs> no, it's yeah. There's it could be a whole other podcast because there's so much game there. But I'll say that after having finished it. I feel like I've only played a fifth of the game, considering all the other or- origin stories to go through. And I yeah. think my final um, percentage complete of the game, after about 47 hours total, was maybe 40-some percent. So just Jesus. imagine how much wow. rest of the game there is to play, and I feel like it's been the best value and maybe the best game I've played this year. Well, Did you have any hot elf love? Should what? Did you have any hot elf love? No, but... Uh, I did bone Morrigan, or my character did, I should say. Can you? Can that happen multiple times in a game? This is very important. <laughs> you know what really bothered me is Leliana, um, the redheaded archer rogue. Uh, I'm not there yet. You, my character reached a hundred. You have a kind of a like dislike meter, and um, I think at, once you max it out at a hundred, it's called adore or something. So they adore you, and though she adored me, apparently. We never got it on. And then everything I heard about the game was, you're going to bang every chick that you see in that game. And it really bothered me. Like, okay, so I've given her all this. I remember gifts. hearing you could screw a dog. But... 
Apparently that's not the well, case. Well, you do get <laughs> no, a Mabari loves War Dog if you're human, but I, I don't think they have peanut butter in the game, so... Oh. Um, <laughs> I've heard that. But, uh, yeah, so it just it was very interesting to, to see these... What about the rock golem you get? Can you, can you do anything there? Uh, interesting <laughs> twist about that, but you'll have to play the game to find out. So, oh, no, you're okay. kidding. We should save. You, you guys, this. you guys just spent like practically half an hour talking about character development and how mature Grand <laughs> Theft Auto has got. Now it's like, well, well, what can you fuck Dragon Age? Can game. you fuck a dragon? <laughs> I would really like to know <laughs> if you could fuck a dragon in that game. All the game's information oh, beforehand, and way back when we wrote our anticipated games for this year, um, back what spring was that? And yeah. at the time, I was completely just, I could care less about Dragon Age because how they marketed it was this over-the-top action, sex-crazy, blah, blah, blah. Marilyn <laughs> Manson song. Yeah, and the Marilyn oh, yeah. <laughs> This is the new shit. And I just was so turned off by the game, but after reading a little bit more about it closer to release and now having played it, I have to say it's one of Bioware's best games ever, but they just really treated it in the press terribly. And it's How wonderful that the trailer for Dragon Age was more metal than Brutal Legend. Yeah, that Ooh. that really didn't make any sense. But that's that's not good. So yeah, Dragon Age. There's there's a lot to say. We can say later. Yeah, I um I guess I just want to say real quickly as a as someone who is only really really first impressed by Bioware with Mass Effect, having played Baldur's Gate, Knights of the Little Republic, Neverwinter Nights. Um, th- th- this has converted me. This shows me why. No people... Sonic Chronicles. What? You stop right no there. No Sonic Chronicles. Oh <laughs> no! Hey, um, at least that's respectable. That was made, I think, by Bioware's redheaded stepchild division or something. They, <laughs> want, the they just lost a bet to Sega or something. <laughs> oh. Behind a door marked "Gingers." For, for as good reviews as that game got, it was. It, I don't think it was good. Yeah, that's why I've heard. Um, I think it probably got a, a like a, a one or two point bump just because it wasn't made by a Sonic team. <laughs> Yeah, that would. But it did have all of his uh, special friends. Did it have the cream, the rabbit? Oh yes. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Well, let's not talk about that because that didn't happen. Um, but I can, and dialogue trees. I, I, I can see why people <laughs> revere the Baldur's Gates and all those games because of how how much of an impact it has on the player when you have a party composed of different, very strong, very well defined characters and how they interact. That adds a ton to a game that I haven't seen. I hope it not makes even the Mass Effect. I hope it makes you appreciate Knights of the Old Republic a little more now. Well, it makes me excited for the Old Republic MMO That's more than fair. anything. Okay. Um, yeah. yes. uh, okay, Modern Warfare 2. Spencer, go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, and, uh, and I spent, I kind of zoned out through the entire platforming discussion just thinking, <laughs> you know, if we can get, if we can get platform, the platforming as a, uh, as a genre to decline entirely, then from our black altar we will rise with the corpse of simulation gaming <laughs> and MechWarrior 5, and we will we will rain havoc down upon those console gamers that so oppressed us. But... Hey, if MechWarrior 5 comes go. out, I'm standing right by your side. That trailer was rad. Excellent. Yeah, it, it was really good, and unfortunately there's like some legal trouble that they're waiting through right now, but I really hope it gets made. Are cause... we still talking about MechWarrior? We were barely talking mm, yes, about Yes, we are. But let's talk about let's talk Game about Modern year. Warfare Two. <laughs> really? Yeah, century. I'm sure. And I've only played four levels. Yeah, that's no. cool. Have you read today's Arcade, um, by the way? Because that's basically I mean I'm, I'm sure you're being sarcastic, but that's kind of what it was talking about. 
Well, Spencer has a lot of issues from the PC side, and all I can say is, so oh yeah, far, I, I, I want to hear these. Unimpressed. I being story. one of a relatively dying breed. Okay, I have been a fan of Call of Duty since the beginning of time. In Inf- Infinity Ward. Since Call of Duty 4, was a PC right? developer. By beginning. <laughs> that is the beginning, right? That was the first, yeah, was Call, the first game on Call Xbox, Call of right? Duty, which was a phenomenal game. Uh, and then Call of Duty 2, which was also excellent. Then they gave Call of Duty 3 to Treyarch. And it didn't come out on PC, but we didn't want it to come out on PC. <laughs> you, you were glad for that anyways. Keep your Thank filth you. away We were happy that Call of Duty 3 did not come out for PC. Um... Then there was Call of Duty 4, and it still felt like a PC game. It really and did. And there was Call I mean, of Duty 4, and he said it was good. It would. It had mod mm-hmm. support. It had a server browser. It, it had servers, it, right? It just actually... Yeah, custom servers. Whatever mod you want to play, whatever. It's totally fine. They were happy. It was, it was a good game. I still play it. It's really good. Um, and then... You know, Modern Warfare 2 was announced. Of course I was excited. I had been excited following every one of Infinity Ward's releases. Did you just give over World at War? That wasn't Infinity Ward. I think War. the PC well, did. That was Treyarch. But it was still that was a Call of Duty game. Yeah. It was more Nazi It was Treyarch. I think, you heard the disdain the in his voice when he said over. Treyarch. I really enjoyed World at War. And I thought it was a great yeah. campaign. And the multiplayer was and a I, variation I too. Call of Duty 4. I, too, enjoy games based on racism <laughs> and things that are merely mods of other games. And Jack Bauer. But, Let's not Jack Bauer. But, and Jack Bauer. I shining beacon of, like, storytelling. And you public, said it was a great standard. campaign when it was marginal at best. Yeah, damn you for having <laughs> opinions. Really, you played Black no. Cats? Because that was a, I was, I thought that was more fun than the Gunner mission in Call of Duty 4. Oh, well, that's because the Gunner mission in Call of Duty 4 was, like, falling asleep with Valium. What? <laughs> M-piloting I'm not an AC sure what you anyway. mean by that. <laughs> yeah, it, and come uh, on, World of War had Jack Bauer. Yeah, that's that's well, great. This has and Gary Oldman, David, and Keith David, and everything. Look, so we can doing voices. So we can let multiplayer. So we can let Spencer continue. Let's just yeah. agree that World of yes, War. Yes, my my lament. The PC gamers World of lament. War was at least um, decent and not the best. But okay, so. I, I played a little bit of it. I wasn't terribly impressed because it felt like a carbon copy of Call of Duty 4, and hey, I already have Call of Duty 4. But, you know, Modern Warfare 2, they announce it, I'm following it, I'm very on board this entire time. And then they announce the whole I, IW.net. They're, they're custom, basically we built live again from the bat, from the ground up. And I got a I got a sour taste from that, but I I felt you know what, Infinity Ward has not done me wrong before. Hmm. I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna wait to to hear what they have to say about it, and then I'll make my decision. And then they gave that uh, I guess it was a Best Buy um, chat conference they did. Like there was. Uh, I don't know, a number of people asking questions and they were responding in our uh, chat channel or something. And they kind of just chat all over <laughs> our parade. It, it didn't even... If they had tried to spin it a little bit, even a little, I probably would have been, okay, 
No problem. I'm I'm going to give this well, a what go. What exactly anyway. did they unveil then? Because we can see now what all the features are missing from PC, but what was it then? Was it the dedicated servers or was it something else? Well, it wasn't just the dedicated servers. I mean, they had covered that previously. I was concerned. I didn't I didn't say, you know, I didn't make my decision then. But what they went on to describe was I mean, not only are there no dedicated servers, there's no there's no support for clans, and I'm not even a, a clanner, but I like there to be the option. Um, they really the the kind of crux statement, the the one that really defines the whole conversation, was when they said so. Aside IW.net, which is live again, um, what what features are there? What what special features does the PC version have? <laughs> and they responded, well. There's text chat in in multiplayer. Woo-hoo. There's graphic settings, Woo-hoo. and you can use the mouse. What? <laughs> really? Not the keyboard, just the yeah. mouse. And, and you know what's going to happen soon? Guarantee this. Book this. Is you're going to have the newfangled uh, capability on PC to pay for maps. I heard it. Guarantee that's coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Guns too. I'm surprised oh, yeah. that they're actually using Steamworks and not games for Windows. Me too. It it looks it feels like something that would probably fit a lot more with games for Windows, but well, I don't know. Uh, I think I think with Activision, all this comes down to control. Again, absolutely, one hundred percent is 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 it's Activision's fault because they they want everyone locked in. And additionally, and this is my kind of crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, but you wear that I really hat feel probably. what I feel is that live and. Activision embracing that kind of architecture intentionally attempts to stifle the development of community, the coalescence of community around games. Because if community develops, then you have a dedicated following that will continue playing that game after new games are oh, released. Yeah, I see where you're going. And, and and in stifling that, it becomes less about a game that you love and more about what's new. Because I've got to play that because that's what everyone it's, is playing. It's like what it's EA Sports does. Yeah, it's like what EA Sports does, where they literally, after I think like a year and a quarter or so, a certain time for sure, they just shut down servers for sports games that are older because the new version's out and, every, and everybody's supposed to go get that one, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't think you're crazy. The sad thing is, is you look at the recent like earnings reports and everything, and. Activision's being validated for their decisions in terms of what they've been publishing and the way they've been treating gamers. Oh, yeah. And EA, for as progressive as they've been lately, is being punished. It's a shame. They let go of yeah. like a thousand it's, people. Mm-hmm. And, and EA, also known as the company that ha- now has the PC gaming uh, modern combat uh, Jesus, because <laughs> that company is not only coming to PC, but it's having all the features that Modern Warfare 2 does not. Like... 32-player, multiplayer, yeah. dedicated servers. Yeah, DICE came out right after the announcements and stuff as far as uh, Modern Warfare 2 saying, hey, come play our game, we'll have dedicated servers. My biggest fear, and it's what is going to be in the column that's going to go up on the site eventually, is that people are going to bitch and, and pout their feet and or, or pout and stamp their feet and everything and just buy the fucking thing any, anyways. Well, they are. They're going We're already to. seeing that. Yeah. yeah. We, we saw the post going around that Aaron was talking about that is... Uh, it shows the list of people that signed up on the Steam group boycott Modern Warfare 2, and like half of them are playing mm-hmm. Modern Warfare 2. It's really, really sad because Activision should have to pay for this if they're hurting their credibility so much. If there's such a big uproar about it, they should feel it. And the only place that gamers can 
vote on this and it actually has an impact is with their is with their wallets. And even if it didn't but, sell another copy for the next six months, it already broke the the first sales records. You know, so yeah. it's obviously showing that yeah. they what they're doing is fine. And it it does bother me the way they treated the PC community. I started well, playing Call of Duty on PC yeah. too, and too. I enjoyed yeah. it there. I thought it was a great game, and multiplayer back then was a part of it, but it didn't seem to be a huge focus. Now it is, and then they're making you pay sixty dollars for the PC version, which is a first. I think, I think what upsets me the most, as someone who you know believes that there should be options on PC, because that's where it has a history yeah. that there's a tradition. You can learn a lot from modifying a game. Um, I. I feel helpless, honestly. I, I'm sure Spencer feels the same way because the game is going to sell more than the Bible, and <laughs> it's there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, and you know, granted, it's sell more than the Bible. I think they're packing it together at Walmart <laughs> with with a rifle too. Oh yeah, just America.jpg. If you're in the audience for the next Glenn Beck taping, you'll get a complimentary <laughs> uh, bundle. You have to go to O'Reilly to get the ammo, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what's hard for gamers to wrap their minds around, though, is that gamers are not the only people that play video games anymore. Yeah, and gamers are not the market for Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, at all. it did not sell 4.7 million copies to gamers. Mm-hmm. It sold millions of copies. Well, what was it on um, on Amazon's pre-order list of the top cities based on? The, they, they tracked um, which cities were pre-ordering Modern Warfare 2 the most, and I think Corvallis, Oregon, was number 20 or so, steadily. Yeah. So I just imagine all of the frats teaming up well, and b- getting the game. If you looked game. at that list, I, I saw that list on one of the days. I mean, it's just a sna- as it's just a snapshot, yeah. not what all of them on there were. A, a lot of them were smaller cities that were also college towns. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah, talking about the exactly. college towns, and the other half were uh, real American cities in Jesus land. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the reason why this is not going to turn around and get better anytime soon. Granted, uh, Modern Warfare and the Call of Duty games were not the only ones that are, have been selling really well on the consoles. But if you take away MMORPGs from Activision's financial, like they, they break it out on their financial statement for 2008 for the whole year and show how much percentage and how much money they made off of each different segment. MMOs made them $1.1 billion. And that's basically World of, that's World of Warcraft, period. PC games... Does Activision have any other MMOs? I don't think so. Uh, Why they would might, they need any? I don't know. They don't. <laughs> PC, PC games that aren't World of Warcraft only were 3% of their net revenue. $99 million. And that's a third of what the PS3... 360 and we were each or less. The PS3 was 8%, the PS2 was 9, the 360 is 12 and the Wii is 14%. Granted that's also being skewed up by games like Tony Hawk and Guitar Hero, especially Guitar Hero. But you, even if that's just half, that's a huge amount of money coming from Modern Warfare on consoles. So I'm sorry, but this is Pretty not going to change how they're handling soon. Tony Hawk this quarter considering it comes out in December. Uh it actually comes out November 17th. Oh, right. But, well, okay. Oh, and I, and I just saw oh, the wow. first tr- uh, commercial for it tonight. Wait, Tony Hawk Ride? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. So Yeah, well, you okay. and everyone. But that's, because that's not the business yet. model, and you're right. Activision what? Blizzard makes their money from World of Warcraft and then the eventual other Blizzard projects and then Call of Duty Infinity Ward. They have other titles, that Guitar Hero, obviously, but 
those franchises are more than enough to bolster their revenue, and then they'll just continue beating the dead horse. And even if Modern Warfare 2 is a good game, I'm not saying it isn't, just because what I played I wasn't exactly wowed by, it's just that, yeah, that will reinforce their current path, and I don't think PC gamers will really be a priority for them in the future, unless they have a change of heart for some reason. And you know, they're not going to have a change of heart. And I, I've, I've heard the argument I mean, before. I mean, I've tried to discuss this with some of my friends who are less evangelical about the PC <laughs> as a platform. And I tell them, well, they say, well, you know, there's no money in it. And, you know, for a company like Activision, that's probably true. But you've got to consider at least, at least in some sliver of consideration, uh, Valve. Because Valve makes excellent money selling PC games, and they sell them as PC games, with the server browser, with the ability for mod. Games. Valve, their last three games have come out day and day on but the But they're Xbox getting such a cut from Steam, they don't need to worry about the in-between. I mean, the look at Modern Warfare 2, again, it's being sold on Steam almost exclusively because other online retailers like Direct2Drive, their uh, Infinity Ward, Activision, Valve, they're forcing Modern Warfare 2 on PC as a digital download to have Valve software, so Impulse and Direct-to-Drive, they're not selling the game because they, they're bundling competitor software. So if Steam is getting all of the Modern Warfare 2 PC sales for digital downloads, they're getting a big cut of that. They have to if Activision's letting them put their software in it. Well, they're getting a, they're getting a cut of it, certainly. But uh, really, I'm, I'm not focusing so much on, on Steam as the, as the platform, and yes, that is... A concern, I suppose, but the, the the style of game where you have Modern Warfare 2, which is so clearly a console port, it, it doesn't even try to be anything else, uh, versus something that actually is made for the PC and has that that type of um, you know that type of support, the type of support the PC community has come to expect. And I mean, you mentioned the uh, the orange box on 360. Did that even sell any copies? Because I didn't think it. Yeah, really? Sure, it did. Orange Box oh. and Left 4 Dead. It's just the yeah. communities died because of well, Left 4 Dead. They actually. DLC. It's just that they don't need um, the console gaming, so that's why they haven't supported anything and to jump through the hoops with Microsoft for DLC. They haven't. Ne- they haven't needed to because they can make pretty good money on give, selling it for 250 Well, hold on, hold on. It's not even a need. It's, if they could support it the way they do on PC with, with 360, they probably would, because right. Valve enjoys making the 360 ports. It's just that Microsoft creates such a closed system that they don't have the level of freedom they have on PC. Well, if, if it was important to their financial bottom line to support that game, they would be jumping through the hoops to get the DLC through and to get the money from that. But it's well, not even so, it wouldn't matter because important. part of the support of TF2 is that you're still selling copies of TF2, but you can't just go out and buy TF2 for three sixty. That's why they the have orange box done it. I think is mm-hmm. because they realize that the orange box has run its sales course on console, whereas yeah. people are still buying TF2 all the time on Steam because of the sales they have, because mm-hmm. people still play it, because of the new updates that come out, and they control and, that. And even if they sold, you know, even if they, even if they could offer all the updates on Steam. Or on, uh, sorry, on live for a small fee to meet with Microsoft standards for their economy of value, or whatever they call it. Um, People would have to go out and buy the orange box, and it's just not taking up shelf space anymore. 
Well, you could also put it up onto Xbox Live and have it a you know fifteen dollar download. I think it'd be excellent that way, but I think at this point they probably learned their lesson and they're moving on from but it. Valve still doesn't have the control they want. Like uh, on Steam, they can drop the price of TV of two to two dollars and fifty cents for two hours. Yeah. Whereas on Xbox Live, you have to have a special week where it's available for, like, say, $10 instead of $15. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's... Isn't, isn't quite the same incentive. When it comes down to it, they're almost competing platforms in some ways. They both work together, obviously, but Valve is clearly doing its own thing. It's doing a service just like Live for the PC, and it's pretty successful. There are other services like Impulse, but Steam is the preeminent one, and Microsoft doesn't want to do what Valve wants to do, because why should yeah. they? Because to be on their console... They have to do things their way, so Valve's just going to be like, whatever, let's just do things our way. I guess what I was trying to say is is that Valve clearly doesn't need to make the money because if they needed to have their bottom line helped by doing stuff like that on Xbox Live to boost the revenue that they've got coming in, they would be. So apparently the PC and Left 4 Dead sales and everything else are doing well enough to support them right now that they don't have to do, go through that channel. After all, Steam is the only online gaming network where you can join and become a member of the Silicon Sasquatch official group. <laughs> where you can join up with your fellow writers and readers. Join and now! Participate in exciting events like a Left 4 Dead 2 launch night event where we'll be playing 4v4 versus mode. Nice. Prices and participation may vary. So I I guess I love how you can market you just playing a brand new game as an official Sasquatch <laughs> launch night. Yeah, if you can contribute <laughs> to our PayPal account for uh, buying <laughs> copies <laughs> for our event. Yeah. But no, we already bought our copies. So did we? I, did we effectively I'm, cover Modern Warfare Two or? Uh, I, no, I guess so. But I mean, what it what it comes down to for me, I if I wanted to play a game on live, I'd buy the three sixty version. For, and the for fact as that much they, as we built it up, I was really expecting a much more hate-filled rant from you. I'm screaming. The, the fact is, it's Infinity Ward, and that's that's what really kills me. Is because I had such respect for Infinity Ward. I still, I want to. It's it's like last year, and the McCain campaign. <laughs> I had immense and have immense respect for John McCain, but during the course of his campaign, that completely ran out because he stopped being John McCain and he started being who his advisors told him to be. And so Infinity Ward, of course, is being kept on a short lease by Activision because um, because Call of Duty is such a cash cow. And so they're going to do exactly what Activision tells them. And if Activision says, build this set of va- uh, back-end servers that replicate the functionality of Live so we can keep Modern Warfare 2 locked down on PC... They're going to do it, because they are a subsidiary. They are owned by Activision. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it, they they kind of... I won't say they stabbed me in the back, but I, I, I expected better, and I shouldn't have expected better, better because um, Bobby Kotick is a thing. You, you're not so much mad as disappointed. I'm... Yeah, I'm I'm disap- son. I am disappointed. <laughs> I know exactly. we load um, the quote gaff on here, but I think one of the more fitting quotes I read from... Uh, the Modern Warfare thread was when they were announcing the amount of money that it made on day one, and someone said, uh, when they announced how much they made, uh, they just made up all the losses on DJ Hero and then some. Yeah. <laughs> Antonio Hawk ride maybe after day two. I mean, and there's, <laughs> I've seen I've seen there's tons of blustering on something awful in terms of Modern Warfare as well, and so far that people that want to talk about the game are going to different console threads to talk about it civilly. 
and I get that there should be some PC support that's keeping what's made the PC gaming PC gaming. I get that. The problem is, is that Activision, as a developer and publisher of games, is so driven in a Walmart-esque financial way <laughs> that you're not going to get that anymore. That tide is gone. You're going to get that from EA now, and you're going to get that from Valve. So what you should really be doing is not focusing being mad on mad at Activision. Just give your money to Valve and give your money to EA instead. Support them because they're supporting you. And well, maybe, funny maybe that, consider uh, canceling your World of Warcraft account to really hit them in the bottom line where they actually fucking can. And to get your life back. That too. Well, also that, yeah. Um, the vendetta is more It's important. funny that Infinity Ward has kind of fallen into this trap that's almost exactly what they were trying to avoid when they left EA. Yeah. Like they, they were a splinter group off of the Medal of Honor yeah. team, mm-hmm. and they wanted to get out of having to make this same game just over watch, and over again. And being... Just watch people split off from the Infinity Ward group. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, what I was going to say is that all those concerns and all those things upset you and all of us about the decisions made with Modern Warfare 2, it has to be... There have to be a lot of people in Infinity Ward who are just as unhappy. I'm sure that a lot of the people that are still even in control, never mind the people that are working on the ground floor at Infinity Ward, are definitely PC gamers and definitely gamers in general. It's just that they're they they're tied because their parent company wants to make a lot of money. It's one of the problems with having a publicly traded company. You have to make money, mm-hmm. and you know they they might be upset about it, but goddamn, they're taking that dive into a Scrooge McDuck pool of gold coins right now. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder though how much uh, in, this really bothers Infinity Ward because one of the major rumors out there is the whole reason that Call of Duty Two was in World War Two was that uh, Activision made them make another World yeah. War Two shooter. I heard in about order that as well. Console dev kits, really? Yeah, they wanted to. I think it was what three sixty dev kits, probably at that time. Yeah, in, in order to get that to ensure that probably to ensure the sales numbers to lock down the dev kits, they had to say, "Oh yeah, it's going to be World War Two, which we know and which we know we can do well." Where I guess it, I heard Infinity Ward wanted to already move into the modern warfare sort of era with Call yeah. of Duty Two, which makes Thank sense. God it wasn't I mean, Vietnam. Nobody's son of a good Vietnam shooter. Battlefield well, Vietnam. It's not good subject matter for a first person no, shooter. No, it's not. Battlefield no. Vietnam. Well, Americans, Americans in general just don't like it because, we well, lost. I mean, as Yahtzee put it, it was it was not one where we were unambiguously good and we didn't unambiguously lose or win. So. It's, it's an, it would be an interesting scenario for an adventure game or something that's not as, like, um, I guess... A shooter? Something with not, a strong not as much narrative. a shooter that's, you know, as a Modern Warfare 2 or a Halo-style shooter where you're going in as Superman with a gun. Well, I'd you like know, a it, Japanese RPG based on the Gulf Tonkin resolution. And then, you know, <laughs> you could uh, have Johnson in your party. We should and find the Kissinger. team that made PTL wanna... back in the early 90s. <laughs> I want a turn-based strategy game based on the uh, Somalia conflict, okay? We, we can't all have what we want. You know what? Want. I want a remake Didn't of Custer's Revenge set in Nanking. <laughs> wow. Oh, you went oh, there. Oh, I get it. The rape is in Oh, that's, that's what that is. That, that oh, is just mind-bogglingly wrong. Tell me the oh. iPhones this winter. No, oh, God. no, uh, um, no. If I can just say one more thing about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. No. It's, it's, <laughs> it might be the best game I've played this year. I've actually finished it. I've played quite a bit of Special Ops. I've played a lot of the multiplayer. And 
Why do you Go say the these things Nick to me? Nick has said that about every game he's played this quarter <laughs> the day after he's finished Not true. It. I thought Lego Rock Band was pretty weak. Okay, one. Um, okay. I don't know. That doesn't explain the midnight phone call to me in tears. Oh my god, I really Lego loved, Rock Band is so I really good. loved Lego Rock Band, but I can't tell my friends because they'll make fun of me. Final Countdown is the single greatest rock band song possible. <laughs> you guys are dicks. No. <laughs> I, I, I've said I've been this emphatically amazed by a game like two other times this year. Maybe three. Maybe four. But that, I mean, when you talk about game of the year contenders, that's usually, a, you know, there's usually five or six you can consider. Yeah. And, you know, my short list has been Batman, Arkham Asylum, and uh, Uncharted 2, and more recently uh, Dragon Age and Modern Warfare 2 are kind of up there as well. So I wouldn't say it's all that out of line. I was just, as someone who liked, but kind of threw away the the COD4 campaign. I liked it once. I, I hated the infinite respawns. I hated a lot of the, uh, just the feel of the combat against bots. I felt like that was so vastly improved in this game. There was not a single bad dull moment. So, that's my, that's my take on it. Well. I am not going to buy it. I'm going to stick to my guns where so many other PC gamers have caved and well, good for you. Maybe I'll play it someday, but I'm not in a hurry. If, if, you know, honestly, the most important part of it for me was the single player. Some people will say Special Ops is the best part, but you can play the single player whenever, and it'll still have the same impact, I think. I do I do really want to play the single player, so we'll we'll see what happens. I fear for my sanity getting some of those veteran achievements. Oh, don't even... Oh, you like doing that, don't you? You're always like the masochist who plays through a game again on hard or crushing and... <laughs> yeah. Goddamn pain from pleasure right there. I don't have as high of a gamer score on Call of Duty 4 as Aaron. Hi-o. I, I definitely saved myself with some of those later missions. I was just like, this is not even happening. I, the fact yeah. that I beat Charlie Don't Surf on Veteran is one of the most shameful things in my life. Because I, I hated <laughs> myself for that. I, I hated myself afterwards, but God, the, the, the relief of getting rid of that burden was just so incredible. Uh, yeah, once you... The payoff, though... The only achievement I have left is Mile High Club, which I will never get. I'm not going to try anymore, ever again. Screw that. But They institutionalize people oh, for getting man. that achievement. I, yeah. It was the worst <laughs> gaming experience I've had in my life, but I continued to keep doing it. And I beat the game on Veteran for whatever reason. Because all the time I put into it and all the frustration, I had to finish it. And I will never do that again. And maybe that's why I could care less about Modern Warfare 2. Because <laughs> that would be enough to make me hate it. I am just... I, I know... And playing um, playing Modern Warfare 2 that I did briefly the other night, I just had flashbacks almost. I felt like a veteran. I felt like <laughs> like I <laughs> I had been through a traumatic war experience. A little bit of PTSD. Yeah, a little bit. And it, it, one just, by Metallica starts playing in the background. <laughs> and Jesus. It, We're going to see you standing on the corner down in Portland uh, begging for spare chains with the sign that says, uh, I beat Call of Duty on Venom. Oh, man, brother, brother, come on. I know your pain. (laughs) Come here. Here's a sandwich. And, yeah, no, I I don't know. It's just... You're one of our heroes. (laughs) It's it's this feeling of going through as as tight as uh, Modern Warfare 2 started out um, until Rio, which was a crappy level, I think. Um, Rio was a pretty crappy yeah. level, and it, it's no, just doing to, uh, more of the Durant, same. Durant stuck in my head. It's doing more of the same. It's still a war shooter. It's what you expect, and I just don't see sixty dollars for that campaign being worth it. And the multiplayer went through enough of that, and uh, Call of Duty Four even sans prestige mode, and it's just I know what to expect. 
I know what's going to happen, and I am way more interested in um, speaking of the Dragon campaign. You do, you do not know what's going to happen. There's I know you're great... in space, and no, it's different. Yeah, they actually they revealed yeah, that in the trailer. It's not. Well, let... the trailer set to Eminem. Let me... Look, <laughs> let me just say that if you cared at all about the story and the characters in four, you will want to play Modern Warfare two. Ab- Shut up! And if you didn't. Uh, you will want to go back and play Call of Duty 5 so we can make fun of you some more and for liking that game. What if you liked the characters <laughs> in 4 until you played on Veteran, and then you resented having to carry his broke ass to the, to the <laughs> oh, escape no, no. chopper under the, the Ferris wheel? He, he doesn't Karis. come back. I hated that asshole for that. Yeah, that. Wait, who was that? Was it Price? Some guy. Some extremely Scottish guy. Is Price and Gaz definitively dead? You should play Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> I will as soon as my copy gets here. Okay, uh, without with without um you know spoiling anything, Gaz was shot in the fucking Gaz skull. Spoiler. Yeah. Oh come on! No, hey, <laughs> Modern Warfare 2 is Spencer, two years not, old now. You're not appreciating the fact that the Wii version just came out, so clearly there's an entire <laughs> audience that haven't played the game. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to your nine-year-old nephew. My but yeah, Gaz gets okay. shot in the fucking skull. Well, you know what? I got shot in the skull a whole lot of times by a game. BB gun. Oh. My, my dude's still walking around. In fact, I think he's my squad leader in Modern Warfare Two. You know how in burning fact. your eyes would be with all that blood. Every time you get shot, your eyes but, just go bloodshot. It's it's less that you ever get shot in any other location, and more that you get shot directly above your eyes. I will say eyes. that the whole recharging health system is starting to really bug me now that I start to feel like I'm Wolverine. <laughs> it really is starting to remove me from the whole experience. I heard in Modern it Warfare 2 like you unlock... Really well if you're a space marine. Yeah, I heard in Modern Warfare 2 you unlock Wolverine to play as. Oh, God. Yeah, I heard you also unlock 50 Cent. <laughs> There's also a new code you can unlock. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Are there even any girl characters? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. girl characters. Yeah, like... Cortana. I, I, I was about to say the name of some female celebrity, but then I realized I don't know the names of any female celebrities, which is must be why my mom is just convinced that I'm gay. That you don't <laughs> know the Warfare game, there'd be, be at least one girl you, you think if, in the... I think that if you throw out a bunch of actress names and celeb names, then that would be more suspect than you not really giving a shit. Just yeah, say I Lady suppose. Gaga and you're good. My poker face. I hear that she has breasts. <laughs> Alright, before we go completely off topic, uh, there's like one major game left in the holiday season. Yes, New Super Mario uh, Brothers Wii. Yep. No. <laughs> wow, I was not even Saboteur. going to go with that, but I don't know. Oh, no, Saboteur. Left Dead rant on New Super Mario Brothers if you want, Nick. It's Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah, there are actually three I, major games. Uh, New Super Mario Bros. Wii, which I am so pumped for because... It has a red case. All the Who else has a Wii here? I used to. There's one in the house. I don't. Occasionally I turn it on to play Boom Blocks, and then I say something that I really regret to a friend, and then we turn it back off. <laughs> Boom Blocks Ooh. elicits the most unflattering expressions from people, but I love that game. But... If you love old Mario, if you grew up playing it, I don't. I really, I really think you owe it to yourself to play this game. Just from what I've seen, I haven't tried it. I saw it being played at PAX, but I've heard that it, if you like the DS New Super Mario too, then the Wii version would be really great. Which I, this I love the gonna DS set, version. Sell a fucking million billion copies, but not. And the good news is it'll be around forever. Reggie already threw the gauntlet down, saying it's going to outsell Modern Warfare Two. I that? think it's got Ooh, a that is good a chance gauntlet. Of on, on PS3 or 360. 
Not Still, the ball's on that guy. Whatever. If it does, I'll be so happy. Well, I would I be pleased. The only game that really deserves to sell better is probably a new Mario game. You know, a new Miyamoto game. Quasi-new. Well, it looks pretty innovative. I mean, I, I, think, I think people will be surprised if they haven't really been following what's been added and how it's being designed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, we have Assassin's Creed 2, which I think is going to be stellar. Um, I'm one of the biggest apologists for the first game, and I so I'm not really yeah. the best person to ask, but I think it's going to be fantastic. And I'm well, certainly been more one of the more original settings in terms of series. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the first game you have the Crusades, the second game you have Renaissance uh, Italy. Yeah, and no Jade it's Raymond really... to ruin the reception of the game before release. Did she ruin it? Well, just all the coverage around the game was focused on her, and it just kind of I don't know. It was a very yeah. bad time for the industry. <laughs> and I would think that having a relatively intelligent, attractive woman promoting your it's game not would her. make it a bit more No, appealing. it wasn't her herself. It was that every time coverage of the game was out, it was the super hot Jade Raymond talked to us today. and it That was just, bugs me so much. I blame like G4 and the yeah. blogs for that. No, she was, of course, intelligent. I blame G4 for a lot of things. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, Assassin's Creed 2 looks to be great. I love the first game, and I would... You know, stand by it completely, uh, despite its faults. So the second one is apparently way better, according to every article that's been written on it. Five reasons why Assassin's Creed Two is good. Um, I another interesting thing is that it looks like we're finally seeing some PS3 games that are actually better than their 360 alternatives. In that, I hear that Assassin's Creed and uh, Dragon Age both have improved textures and audio compression. Than the 360 versions, probably because of Blu-ray. And then the Ghostbusters game totally ruined that earlier. Well, well, it's it's more for the developers that are used to developing for a PlayStation 3 at this point. Yeah, I I mean, having played Uncharted 2 and having experienced just how big of a difference there can be between the 360 and PS3, I'm glad to see that you know developers are starting to learn how to leverage that so that. You know the hardware is taken advantage of, so it doesn't just feel like it's an alternative to the 360 instead of being its own entity. Yeah. Well, there's enough of an in- install base to justify making it as important a SKU as a uh, 360 to not just ship out a really rushed port. And so, Nick, what was that third Left game you were going to go off on? Left 4 Dead 2. It's Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, yeah. And actually, since we're since we're well deep in the territory of two-parter episode yeah, now, um, I, I'd like to compare, if I may, the the boycott of Modern Warfare Two to the purported boycott of mm, Left 4 Dead Two, and and <laughs> yes, very good. Uh, even comparing, just okay. Let me <laughs> let me collect my thoughts here first. Just isn't that boycott if definitively dead yeah. now? It because is dead now, uh, and that is for good reason, now. because for <laughs> Left 4 Dead 2, the the entire foundation of that boycott was petty, Too soon. Yeah. because Valve, you know, oh, Valve releases a bunch of free content for its games. That's generally true, and it's generally respected. And so what you had with the Left 4 Dead 2 boycott was a bunch of whiny PC gamers, and yes, I am a PC gamer, I'm admitting that some of us are rather juvenile sometimes. Kind of funny coming out uh, of Modern Warfare, right? Look, <laughs> this is what I'm touching on here. Burn. Uh, 
So, with Left 4 Dead 2, oh, well, Valve didn't give us enough free content. Versus... <laughs> I like that that was versus, a legitimate argument right there, too. That that was the argument. Um, versus Modern Warfare 2, where it's no longer a PC game. There's n- nothing about it that really defines it as being a PC game. Uh, so, I felt that that boycott was silly from the get-go, and I feel rather justified with the demo having come out because it feels so much better. I loved Left 4 Dead. And the new weapons, the new sounds, the new infected, everything feels great about Left 4 Dead too. I'm really looking forward to the actual uh, release. Yeah, that was the biggest surprise, I think, in a long time for me. It was finally firing at that demo and realizing just how much the game was improved. Yeah. Like, for a year turnaround, that was pretty surprising. I didn't give it a fair shake to begin with either. I definitely was not of the boycott mind, but it did seem... Maybe too soon, and what could they really add in just a year? But that demo, definitely, I'm so very excited for it, and I'm looking forward to playing it, and yeah, so I'm glad they proved me wrong. Definitely. So, yeah, I I don't really have a lot else to say about it. I'm stoked for its release. It's going to be and great. If anybody wants to join us, you know, just check out the Steam community. Again, that's the Steam community. Uh, for Silicon Sasquatch on Steam that you can join. Let me know if you guys ever played the 360 version. I played the first one on 360 a fair bit. I will never play the it 360 version. It's way worse. It's just, you know, I hate to say it because I, I really want Valve to try and get their games out as, as many places as they can, but they don't feel right without a keyboard and mouse, whereas, you know, Call of Duty is very well adjusted to a, th- a 360 controller, mm-hmm. in my experience. That is... And it's true, but really the the selling point for me, at least this time around, was the offering of a four pack, yeah. and they had that for Borderlands as well, and that is a phenomenal oh, yeah. deal for a co op game. It's really just great. Uh, so I mean, you go from having the price point of you know fifty or sixty dollars for a new game, and suddenly you're paying thirty four, and your friends mm-hmm. are getting exactly. It. That was Did, genius. Didn't Borderlands come out pretty lackluster on PC though? No, it's pretty heavily anticipated. It was anticipated. I mean, all my I friends mean, have it on PC. Port and, uh, itself. Uh, it's a decent port job. I mean, it's not great. Uh, it uses GameSpy oh, for some no. reason, but but uh, being that it's it's Gearbox with a little bit of tweaking, it it really shines. It actually feels excellent. So it's it's waiting on a patch still for some of the more glaring issues, but it feels really good. I mean, it doesn't feel like oh, I'm playing a console port. It feels like okay. This is a this is a good That's PC good. shooter. Is the DLC coming to PC? Uh, I would assume they haven't announced a date for it yet. It'll be later. Yeah, they, th- yeah, that's right. They haven't said. They also haven't said for the patch, which is kind of unfortunate. But you know, I, fingers crossed. I, I do respect your boss. I think the most amazing thing for Left 4 Dead 2 is I've actually I, I can't remember what sporting event it was around, but I've definitely seen an ad for it on. I think it might have been Monday Night Football actually. Something like that. I've seen a lot of Left 4 Dead 2 ads. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to me that 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 game is getting such a good ad campaign. That trailer... There's a couple of billboards for it right up the street from me. That commercial has such a good... Like, such a distinctive song to promote the game with. I think it's Mm -hmm. great. The whole Swamp Music vibe. Yeah. Oh, God. The intro cinematic, if you guys haven't seen that, fire it up. It's just... Yeah, that's great. it's, It's awesome. It's... I think someone described it to me as, like... The first game was like an homage to Dawn of the Dead, and the second one is like an homage to Zombieland. It's just yeah. a way more fun, exciting, cooperative emphasis than just like, you know, terrified we're all gonna die. You feel a little bit more in control. Mm-hmm. 
That's good. That was, well, that having was probably it, having it during daytime is good. The first Left 4 Dead is just that it felt too a bit too tense to be enjoyable. Yeah. That's how I felt too. And this is a lot more like let's have fun with it. Oh yeah, you actually... can take a, a, an electric guitar and beat the heads of zombies in. I mean, <laughs> there that is, is one the of my favorite new weapons. Well, the the gore actually um, is way more mm-hmm. organic, which is really cool. And uh, on top of it, it adds more color. Yeah. And the whole setting is oh, way more colorful beautiful. now. Which it's yes, like it really Rock. is. I mean, well, it helps a night compared to. Well, yeah, I mean, Left 4 Dead was everything is kind of dark blue. Because everything is Stream taking place film at night grain now. and so on. And... Yeah. Oh, and they still got the film grain going on, but it's definitely it's it's almost more of a grindhouse type of thing. It's it's a lot more. Oh, hey, we're we're vividly blacking the heads off the of zombies, MOTs, and it looks so. really fun. Especially after I played the, the wet demo. Try. Uh, yeah, you know, I thought that was kind of a neat comment uh, or concept, but. Yeah, the demo didn't Try the Left 4 Dead 2 demo. I think you'll be very surprised, because I think every one of us was. Oh, I, yeah. I loved 1 and was totally surprised by 2, so you should try it. And join our Steam group. <laughs> Seriously, if, if there's anyone listening to this, I, I have no idea if anyone will ever listen to this. Hi, Mom. I wish. You should get in contact. We'd love to have you. Oh, I don't even let my parents know oh, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't either. I'm ashamed of this whole thing. <laughs> no. We're really working. Why am I sitting here? Podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, if you are listening to this podcast, email us and let us know how you found out about this podcast because we're not telling anyone. We're curious to know. And press sure. the non-existent donate button at the top of our site. Yeah, we don't. We don't accept handouts. Or just buy lunch for one of these guys nice. one of these days. I like right tacos, so if you can Here's swing lunch. that. Um, well, guys, we're at about the two-hour mark, and we haven't even talked about next quarter of games. Um, should we plan on maybe talking again, maybe in a couple days, or, you know, within the next couple days, and trying to maybe produce this into a two-part episode? Sure. That that sounds like a capital idea. Okay. Any specific dates? I'm gonna need some space to rant about Mass Effect 2. Oh, my God. Yes. Garrus is back! He is? Yeah. 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 I need to go off on a nerd tangent about Star Trek Online. You can do that whatever <laughs> you want. Just wait till the end. A, a very you special podcast. As long as the microphone yeah. is turned is off. Is that the and... 2 or no? No. no. What? what? It's, it's based on the Next Generation universe. It has nothing to do with the movie at all. Oh, no. no. Uh, actually, they do. Okay. I heard, I heard that. <laughs> okay. Pardon I, me, I, sir, I put on my painful nerd voice. Let the Trekkie speak. <laughs> uh, they actually... Um, integrated the causality from the film that caused the alternate universe into the timeline that they're using for Star Trek Online. So it is referenced. And, you know, you could come over and play some Magic the <laughs> Gathering, but my mom says you have to leave by 9.30. I'm going to stop you always recording use my... black and green deck, though. <laughs> Shut up! It's totally legit. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm going to stop recording now. Well, hold, hold no, on. I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. We will be back with the second part when we uh, remember to feed and bathe ourselves. Same Squatch time, same Squatch channel. <laughs>